Jophil then called, raise my banner high. Malkir lives on this day. Let's go. What's up, Internet? My name's Nerdy. And I'm Clarus. And I should have been more hyped during that. I, that was so weirdly low energy. Yeah, I was like, it's like, Len is alive. And you're I, like, yeah, I, cool. You know what? I was thinking about a lot. We haven't, like, done this in a while. Yeah. And I was, like, trying to make sure that everything was working. No, no, that's Because I almost didn't hit record. Um, And so I was just sitting here trying to make sure that everything was working. And, uh... That's what happens when you take two weeks off. Then you said that, and I was like, that's really cool, let's go. And then I was like, I did not put any energy behind it. <laughs> this is the nerdy... The wordy. The book club. Our final book of the Wheel of Time begins now with a memory of Hlight. We're already that far into it. I know. It's Big so chunk. Crazy. Big chunk of a memory of light <laughs> down... <gasps> Big chunk of memory of light left, though. There's going to be a lot to talk about today. It's going to be a long three-hour show, because it always is. Um, at least three hours, let's be honest. But if you're like, three hours is not enough Wheel of Time content. I want six. You can go and watch the uh, reaction that we did to the prologue, which is also oh. three hours long. Where did you think I was going with that? I had no idea. That was commissioned by Arazu. Thank, Thank you, you, Arazu. Thank you so much. We appreciate it. Hell yeah. Blue, welcome back to the nerd table. Avengers Endgame stole that scene. They absolutely did. Uh, we will get there. We will get there at the end of the show. Yeah, um, that's fine. That's we'll fine. get to portals. That's fine. And uh, Rantel Moore just being like, on your left. Chad, how you doing? It's good to be back. It is good to be back. We Sorry we were gone for a bit with uh, the relay, the role play relay, which is live on YouTube. You can watch that now. Uh, there's also a bunch of new role play relay merch up in the store if you want. Uh, there's a Death and Divine shirt, uh, mm -hmm. and there is an Avril Leviathan shirt. Uh, both those were designed by Zombaby, who mm -hmm. uh, played grunge on my day shift. Yes. Uh, if you want those, uh, they're going to be up forever. Um, yeah. I'm probably the only person who's going to buy an Avril Leviathan shirt, but I want it so bad because the design is so good. I, I, don't, I, don't, I don't think so. I think people are going to like that one. <laughs> I think that if Night Crew hadn't dumped her by the side of the road like animals, Rude. Uh, she would have been more popular. Monsters. We will always have dare. Avril Leviathan in our hearts. <laughs> Uh, Thank you, Dakuna, for dropping that link. That is the link to the merch get, store. Get you some merch. Get you some uh, book club merch. We got the mat shirt. We got some other stuff. Uh, before we get into the show today, we have a shit ton of housekeeping. So bear with us. Yeah, buckle up. First of all, first of all. First of all. Dead Iron, thank you for that super chat. Thank you, Dead Iron. We're back. Beaver La Book Club. Uh, speaking of books, Dead Iron, thank you for that super chat. Mm -hmm. uh, we also have a huge thanks to say to Kenny Teology. Thank you, Kenny. Kenny sent us some books. Some books. To the, um, the reading. To the the uh, the post office box, mm -hmm. our PO box, which is in the thing below. Uh, he sent us the first three books of Dragonlance, uh, and he sent us this David Eddings compilation of Pawn of Prophecy, Queen of Sorcery, and Magician's Gambit. Volume one. The Belgariad. So, uh, Kenny, thank you so much for sending us these books. Thank that you. is very sweet. I'm so excited to dive into these. I don't know if we're going to book club these, um, but I think I might try and read them and do a review on the channel. Mm, so, um, okay. I'm excited to read the Dragonlance books. As you guys know, I love Dungeons and Dragons. Uh, not the company, which is the coast, can suck a uh, chode. But uh, I love the game uh, mm -hmm. and what it means to me. So I'm excited to get into these because um, I've not read any of them. Mm, yeah, I mean, I, I read, I, I read the first and maybe the second Dragon. I have read a Dragonlance book. 
Cool. And um, I'm sure if I like opened it up again, I'd be like, oh yeah, I've read this. But I, 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 I don't remember it very well. It's a few years ago now. Alex190330, thank you so much for joining the Nargs of the Nerd Table. Hell yeah, welcome in. Uh, uh, apparently, Eddings is a problematic author. Good to know. Cool, 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 cool. We will not be doing book club <laughs> about him. Okay, yeah, we'll just read those then. Uh, yeah. Maybe, we'll see. I, I might look up what people are talking about, because I've, I've heard the name before, but mm -hmm. I have like no idea who he is. Well, here's the thing. We didn't pay for the book, so reading them doesn't like, you know. Yeah, yeah help him in any way so. um the uh we actually have a Dragonlance map in our map room oh which is just our, our living, living room. room but um i like to i i our like to collect room. fantasy maps mm -hmm. not like the, i mean we have the wheel of time one here which isn't in the map room I, I i like calling the living room the map room it makes it sound fancy sure, sure. even though it's just like the maps that come with books um in like rpg books and stuff mm -hmm. whatever it doesn't matter i like it it makes it's me fine. happy everybody can just shut the fuck up okay <laughs> Calm down, chat. It's the Pissing cartography chamber. The cartography chamber. That's great. I love that. I'm getting a sign made of that. Uh, yeah, I'm very excited. Um, there's literally two maps. There's there's t soon to be a third because the puzzle. Oh, we are we, yeah, we're going to put out the puzzle. I did yeah. the full Middle Earth puzzle. It's like done. We just need to find a frame and like, you yeah. know, get it on the wall. Yeah, we the the map room has um the Taldori map from Critical Role from yep. the Taldori Reborn book, and it has the Dragonlance map from the Dragonlance um, Rise of the Red Queen, uh, RPG book. Yeah, the because they looked cool. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> All right. Uh, second piece of housekeeping. We are very excited. Uh, it has been a while since the book club has had a partner, um, but we're back to having a partner on the book club. Mm -hmm. uh, that partner is Misty Mountain. Gaming. Hell yeah! Misty Mountain Gaming makes the best dice. Yeah. They just do. We are now, um, we they were partners for the book club. Yeah, or, or no, sorry, the, for the roleplay the relay. relay. And they were like, hell yeah, let's do more of this. And we were like, hell yeah, let's do more of this. Yeah, and so uh, we really loved working with them. They're yeah. wonderful. We love their product. Yeah, they also have a lifetime warranty. Yeah. So and if anything happens, it's, they're like, oh, yeah, yeah, we'll just replace that. If you break your stone dice... Please tell what me now. What are you doing with uh, them? But yeah, so we uh, we kept we are keeping up this partnership. Uh, we're keeping on talking with them, and they were mm -hmm. like, "Hey, we really actually think that you guys make some great content. We would love to be full time partners of the channel." Mm -hmm. uh, and we were like, "Hell yeah, we would love that as well." So if you want dice, if you want the best dice in the business, go to mistymountaingaming.com and use mm -hmm. code NerdyNightly15. If you remember when this uh, show was sponsored by another company, uh, you know these ads slowly become more and more chaotic. So get ready because Misty Mountain Gaming will drop us eventually because I'm going to say some weird shit like audiobooks are just the the souls of dead trees or some shit like I don't that. even remember half the shit we said, uh, but uh, it was a We did time. great ads for that company and I'm so excited to make similarly chaotic and insane content for Misty Mountain and see how far we can push this partnership I don't know if they're until they inevitably are like, guys, never... Too much. Too delete much. Do the, not talk about it. Delete us. the portions of your shows that do have our name in them and keep... Our dice's name out of your mouth. Okay? Your goddamn mouth. Um, oh yeah, God. use code NerdyNightly15 at MissMountainGaming.com. I just picked up the Labradorite um, werewolf set, mm -hmm. the Lycanthropy Full Moon. Uh, they're the most beautiful things I've ever seen. And now I'm looking for a campaign to play a werewolf so that I can use the dice. Yeah. So if you have a campaign where you need a werewolf, let me know because I, I want to... <laughs> I want to play a werewolf. Nerdy to guess into your campaign. I just want to be a fucking werewolf in Dungeons and Dragons. All right, um, that's it. I just want to be a furry. I mean, wait. I mean, 
I mean... Misty Mountain Gaming. If you buy their dice, you'll be a furry. Yeah, that's how that works. See, we're already on the unhinged Crushing ads. it, crushing already, it. How you feeling about that, Sophie? <laughs> What's up? Sophie's gonna be like, oh god, I have regrets. Uh, Winter on the web. Thank She's gonna you cancel dinner. For the um, super chat. Uh, good art, bad artist. Fair, it happens. So as I know, all Edding's proceeds go to charity because the author's issues and nothing goes to the estate. Well, that is actually really cool. Oh, he's dead. Yeah, he's dead. Oh, okay, they're not really Yeah, fuck shot. him. Um, we also wanted to invite you all to, uh, <laughs> I, I, come wait, check wait, wait. Out. I love, like, okay. oh, my dad fucking sucked. I don't want his money. Give it to charity. <sighs> that, that, I, that I get. That, I can I stand behind that. that. Like, no, 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 guys, buy the books. I don't want my dad's money either. We're going to, like, help <laughs> children get toys for Christmas or some shit. Yeah, 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 whatever the charity is. Speaking of that, if you want to help out a charity, come back Monday for an announcement. Uh, we're going to be doing a pretty big charity stream near the end of the year. Uh, and the announcement of what that is going to be, I think people are going to be very excited. Um, uh, yeah. Mm -hmm. uh, it's going to be a very fun way for uh, this community to get together and do something really insane. Uh, and all the proceeds for that are going to uh, go to a charity. Mm -hmm. If you know anyone who is like a company that needs a tax write-off and would like to join us, be a matching partner or something like that for that charity stream, uh, let them know that we're available. We, yeah. we will take any matching partners uh, because we want to end the year by doing good because uh, we've had such a good year thanks to this community. You've mm -hmm. made so many incredible things possible like the Relay, like Book Club, like all of this stuff that yeah. we, we would not be able to pull off on our own. Mm -hmm. uh, it happens because of this community. And um, I would like to gather the community uh, before the holidays for uh, a, a moment of um, uh, putting good into the world. Yes. And so come back Monday for that announcement. That's going to be 11 a.m. Uh, on the nightly morning show. Nightly morning show. We got, we're, we're going to talk about as well the, the role play relay. Um, so, you know, if you have any questions about any of the behind the scenes stuff or how it all went down. Yeah, like we're gonna we're gonna, you know, sit down, grab a cup of tea and uh spill some tea. Yeah, we won't spill tea. This is our technology room and that would be bad. Right, 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 right. Yeah. Keep your moisture away from your electronics unless it's water cooled properly. Yes. Um, yes. When you buy a vibrator, make sure that it's waterproof before you take it in the shower. That's true. And go to mistymountaingaming.com wow. to wow. buy dice. They also weren't even related. You know, it was a bit of a stretch, but I I'm trying. I'm trying to get dropped by this partnership as fast as no, possible. No, no, I appreciate the effort. We are speedrunning getting dropped by Missy Mountain. That is that is the goal. Should we start um, like a countdown timer? Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. God damn it. That, uh, is there any more housekeeping? Is there anything else we need to talk about? Um, No, but thanks for everyone who, who watched and supported the relay, because... Uh, it's a good time. This charity purchases a much-needed medical equipment for Doctors Abroad is sponsored by BadDragon.com. Hell yeah, that's the kind of sponsorship I want. BadDragon.com is sponsoring the charity that fixes your asshole after you sit on a dildo from BadDragon.com. Yeah, you might honestly, some of those, you might need some medical assistance afterwards. Anyways, we are reading... Bad Dragon, we really want you to sponsor us. I know. We I, know. Will, we, I love your product. Please. I'm not even joking. We we, we desperately want to work with BadDragon.com. <laughs> you don't even need to pay us. We like just like send us one Bad Dragon. Send us the largest we'll one. We'll mount it on the wall. And it will hang here yeah, yeah, forever. Yeah, yeah. yeah. No, we'll put it. We'll put it on like a pulley system, so it just dips in and out of frame throughout our videos. And then we'll. Oh, oh my God! And then that. Oh my God! It's such a funny ad because you can be like, this video was penetrated by BadDragon.com. <laughs> no, fuck off. 
Oh, you know how people... just a giant dragon dick dipping in and out of frame? You know how people have, like, instead of doors, they have, like, beaded oh curtains? We can just have a bunch of the tentacle ones that you have to, like, push through to enter and exit The mini ones that they make? It's just a bunch of hanging dragon, little dragon dicks? That is so funny. Anyways, uh, we're here to talk about the wheel of time. <laughs> All right. Robert Jordan's dead, so he, uh... He can't be upset that we're talking about it this way. What? Yeah, that's how that works. Um, guys. If he was alive, his estate would reach out and be like, you guys have to stop. You know, there's a reason that all of our videos are like limited monetization. I don't even care anymore. Nice. YouTube, YouTube, I don't need your fucking money. Blue is going to quit as the executive producer. You fucked up. Blue, you're all, you can't quit as the executive producer. The, the you, thing already happened. Yeah, the, you have the title. That's how executive producer works. You just get the title and then... Yeah. Here's a peek behind the curtain of Hollywood, that place that's currently shut down because of the greed of like five men who are all worth a billion dollars. Um, the title of executive producer is basically just hoisted on people because of like any reason, right? Uh, the executive producers of Buffy were the people of the TV show were the people who made the original movie. They never stepped on set. They got paid every single day and they had no power and there was literally nothing they could fucking do about the show. They, they no matter what, the quality of the show, granted, look, Buffy... Very important to me um, as a child, as a young queer kid. But the executive producer is just a title you get, and then you go see the movie, and you hope that it's good because your fucking name's on it, and that's life, Blue. I'm teaching you a lesson in in, in, in producing. entertainment producing. In producing. Yeah, you don't get to say. That's, that's you all. You just have to hope that it's good. You, If you want to be a producer, now that's a job. Right, executive right. producer is a title. Right. Uh, gotcha. And so you can hate this all you want, but your name's on it, Blue. Like Dick Wolf, your name is on this shit, and there's not a goddamn thing you can do about it. I want to send my sincere apologies. Um, yeah, the relay happened. It's uh, it's it's done. Go watch it. Go let it play in the background. You know, give it some views. Give it some likes. Mm -hmm. Why not? And uh, while you're here, why don't you like this video? Because you should totally like this video. George says, uh, I always wondered about the difference between producer and executive producer. There are executive producers who do a lot more. Uh, it is just that when you see the title executive producer, it doesn't fucking mean anything. Yes. Uh, it literally doesn't mean anything. Uh, you can get, a, like, executive producers, a lot of movies have, like, 15 of them, and sometimes it is literally, like, hey, this person actually owns 5% of this IP, and so they have to get the credit on the movie in order for that character to be in the movie, but they don't oh. ever put money up, they don't work on it. Like, executive producer title is just sort of a, like, catch-all term. Sometimes executive producers are on set every day working on the project, uh -huh. and sometimes they don't know that the movie's coming out. There's just a background deal that they have to be titled on it. Right. And so executive producer is a title that means a lot, but also means literally nothing. Mm -hmm. And um, it's it's very hard to figure out what an executive producer's part of a movie is. Yeah, because sometimes it's zero. Yeah, but then at the same time, you have people like Dick Wolf, who is the executive producer of Law & Order and is very hands-on with that franchise. Right, right? for sure. Uh, or um, like uh, like James Gunn will be credited. Uh, um, fucking Kevin Feige is credited as the executive producer of all of the Marvel projects. And he's very clearly very integral to each piece of those movies. Right. And so it just it's it's one of those titles that doesn't it it, it can literally be anything, mm -hmm. um, and it doesn't really matter. Gotcha. Yeah. Well, that was a lesson in uh, Hollywood with a uh, nerdy nightly. Yeah. If they are just producer though, they worked on the movie pretty like you you that that is a title and a job that involves yeah. doing things. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah for yeah. sure. Anyway, so there is a difference. There is. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. All right. The uh, wheel of time. What's, what is the Wheel of Time, babe? 
Uh, it's uh, oh, oh, it actually, no beginnings and no ends. Here's the thing. Uh-huh. It is the final book of the Wheel of Time. Uh-huh. And so Clarus and I had, uh, we'd, we'd come up with a fun game. This was like six books ago. We did? Yeah. Um, where we said that at, right before we do the final book, Clarus is going to recap each book in order. Uh, um, and so no? Clarus, in, in, the, in like a brief two sentence description, recap the first 13 books and New Spring of a Wheel of Time. How brief? Eye of the World. What happens in it? A bunch of children get kidnapped to be heroes. Uh, Great Hunt, what happens in it? Sad children uh, uh, are introduced to uh, foreign enemies and also not foreign enemies and fight them as best as they can. Dragon Reborn, what happens in it? Main character gets Sag Boy Syndrome. Uh, Fires of Heaven, what happens in it? Main character fucks. Uh, no, wait. That's Fires of Heaven. Yep, that Sh- was correct. Wait, Shadow Rising is... Oh, wait, Shadow Rising's four. Yeah, wait, wait. You she, said... Shadow you Rising, what happens in it? I was... Okay, okay. So, so the... Okay. So, Shadow Rising is... Uh, the uh, Shadow Rises. Great. Uh, then Fires, Fires of Heaven. Fires of Heaven is main character Fox. All right. Lord of Chaos. Lord of Chaos is... Um, uh, everyone gets a little bit angry and lots of death happens crown of swords crown of swords or path of daggers which one's next crown of swords wait where's the book crown of swords crown of swords yeah crown of swords bad guys try and stop main characters and fail miserably uh path of daggers next (laughs) do you have any idea what happens in path of daggers Nothing happens in Path of Daggers. Uh, Bowl? No. That's the next one. That might have been in Crown of Swords. No. Bowl? No. No. Bowl is Path of Daggers. No. Bowl is Yeah, but no, 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 because Rand... No, no, no. Rand... Path of Daggers. Rand does the Sanchin fight where he kind of loses it, and it's because the magic in that area is weird because of the bowl. Main character goes more crazy. Yep, 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 yep. Okay. Uh, all right. Uh, Winter's Heart. Bowl. No, bowl already happened. No, bowl. No, bowl. Ha- bowl happens in Path of Daggers. No, it's the beginning. It's the only good part of that book, right? Nope. Winter's Heart. It's really cold, and they have to fix the cold. Uh, Crossroads of Twilight. Winter's Heart. And Winter's Heart had the cleansing of the taint. Mm-hmm. That was the big moment. Oh yes. Okay. Crossroads of Twilight. Next. Over the course of eight days, a bunch of characters do dick all. Uh, Knife of Dreams. It's Groundhog Day, but for each character individually. Um, it, it, it's Groundhog Day for the audience. Yes, Groundhog yeah, yeah, yeah. Day for the audience. Sorry, what was the next one? Knife of Dreams. What? Crossroads of Twilight, then Knife of Dreams, yeah. Oh, fuck. I, <laughs> right, because Knife of Daggers. Knife of Daggers. You see, you should have just said that. I would have totally just <laughs> uh, 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 Knife of Dreams is ghosts. Ghosts. <laughs> and bad food. Tummy aches Gordon all around. Chen, thank you for that super <laughs> chat. The roleplay relay was incredible. Thank you so much. I appreciate that. And I definitely thank encourage everyone you. here to check it out. Hope that getting it funded didn't put you guys too much in the red. It did. Uh, sad that it's over, but very glad to have book club back. Us as well. Gordon, thank you so much.
gosh, that's incredibly, <laughs> uh, in- incredibly generous. Gordon, thank you, thank, thank you. you, thank you. All right. You. <laughs> no, no, we're fine, guys. We're seriously, we're fine. I'm joking. No, no, we're um, good. It was all worth it, we and we're so happy. We only lost like twenty thousand dollars. Um, not that is. Ple- that, I'm kidding. Okay, that it's is a joke. joke. It's a, a joke. joke. Okay. The Gathering Storm. Uh. Wait. wait. Okay, okay, okay. Gathering Storm. Useless character becomes useful. Okay, I like that. Mm -hmm. Because that could mean Rand, it could mean anyone. Uh, Towers of Midnight. Old man rescues new wife. Oh, Tom, right. (laughs) Who the fuck is old in this series? Uh, (laughs) All right, and now, before it begins... Having not read the end of the book, uh-huh. recap the events of A Memory of Light. Boom, flash, bang, pow, the end. Love it. Great. That was the wheel of time in uh, sentences. <laughs> <laughs> I think I did great. I don't know what you're talking about. A Memory of um, Light begins with the prologue by Grace and Banners Fall. And Clarus, how did you feel about the prologue? We did our full reaction to it. Yeah, I, f- I feel like we <clears> felt... <throat> We felt a little bit differently. I, I was kind of enthralled the whole time. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I I was digging the setup because it definitely felt like setup. You know what I mean? Um, <laughs> Sean, shut up. I don't I don't care about your logic. Uh, <laughs> I don't want to hear it. <laughs> thank you, thank you. Um, yeah, I I, I I enjoyed the like. There were. Very um, hmm, plot heavy, important like forward momentum moments. Yeah. But it was like, uh, wow, I can't English today. But it was side, but it was paired with with more like um, flavor and ambiance as well. And uh, I think if if I were to give any critique to it, the bouncing between the two um, might not be everybody's favorite, yeah. but I liked that both were included in the prologue, if that makes sense. I agree. Mm-hmm. I thought that it started off very slow, um, and I think that for my taste, I would have jumped into it a little bit quicker. Uh, I felt like the Baird thing was a little bit long. I think it was a bit longer than it needed to be, yeah. but I, I also think that the whole Jared thing was a plot thread that was left untied, and it kind of needed to be gotten rid of. I agree so. with you. I, I think my problem with the Baird thing is that, and, and with the Lailwin thing, those two POVs at the beginning of this, um, and, and the Assam POV, right? Because I, I really like the Talmain's POV. I would have started it a little bit further in. I, I don't think we needed the, like, Talmain's riding up the road part of it at the beginning. It's so, almost the only one that I didn't love. Yeah. The first the first part of the prologue to me was just a little bit um of a trudge. And then the second half of the prologue is fucking excellent. Right. Um and we'll talk about how a, an act of cowardice ruins the prologue for me uh when we get to chapter 1. But um they, they the first half of the prologue to me uh the bear thing just went on a little bit long and at no point did I not know where it was going. Mm-hmm. And so the twist in the in it just didn't feel like a twist. It just sort of felt like we finally got to something that felt very obvious the way that the whole thing was written. Yeah. Uh, and so I... It, it didn't really do much for me. Uh, the Assam point of view was really interesting, except I don't know what any of it, what any of the fucking words meant. 
And so it was just introducing a bunch that... of concepts through the POV of a character who already knows what they all are. Yeah, that 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 part was a little bit frustrating in how it was introduced. Mm -hmm. Because we're 14 books into a series that um, I've, like, you know, I've taken time to get comfortable with the language of it, yep. um, with how things are named, um, that kind of thing. To introduce so much new stuff seems a little bit strange to me in the 11th hour because mm -hmm. um, my brain was not in I'm starting a new series and like trying to figure out a new world. My brain is in I'm already familiar with this world. I don't know what these mean and how they fit into it. Mm -hmm. um, so that, yeah, was definitely jarring. I hope it comes around, you know, like I hope it wraps up. I hope that it it's there for a purpose, and I'm sure it is. But in the prologue, I was like, I'm sorry, what? Who are I, these people? I understand why the Assam stuff is there uh -huh. because I I think that it is a response to the issue that I've had with this series of mm -hmm. like, oh, there's not really anyone threatening to our main characters. Mm -hmm. And so at the 11th hour, this book is like, here's a bunch of new magic shit that's really dangerous that hasn't been a part of the series until now for some reason. Yeah. And like that feels very weak to me. Um, but it's also necessary because they have to fight somebody and Trollocs and Fades aren't scary, right? Mm -hmm. There are there's no there's no time a fade enters a fight anymore where I am at where I'm like concerned. And so they have to introduce something else. Mm -hmm. And I wish that they had done that through the perspective of a character that didn't already know what all those things were. Because Assam yeah. is so comfortable with those terms, but we as the audience aren't. We're like, what? And so as our point of view, I was just kind of sitting there being like, okay, cool. He knows what this is. But I I don't. Yeah. And we were like, trying. we're like, okay, wait, who are the talentless? Mm -hmm. And are they the same as the Sem and the Sai? Or are they different? Like, it was all kind of a little unclear. Yeah, and so so that to me was just I, it was it was one of those things where it was like I get it you needed to introduce villains because your villains have sucked, but this was a way to do it where like I, I still don't really care. I, I don't really care about them because you just said you threw a bunch of like nonsense words at me sort of like Divergent and I brought that up in the reaction was that it was kind of like in Divergent when they're like we're Candor and Candor means that we're honest people and then we're the we're the fucking erudite and that means that we're the law people and i'm like cool those things are different i guess yeah, yeah, yeah. sure um th this just kind of had that same vibe to me mm -hmm. and then when we get to the Lailwin stuff i really at this point think that again in who there was a point where she was one of my favorite characters i know I she remember. was introduced in such an interesting way mm -hmm. the character assassination of her has been so like just kind of fruitless and so i don't know i don't i i she, the, the end book has so much to do and I don't see what her purpose in any of it is. Yeah. And I don't, I don't know. Because even at this point, you know, if, if, if one of our main characters teaches her that, like, you know, like, we don't keep slaves here or whatever it is, it's not like Lailwind's coming to understanding of it. It's, like, put upon her by, you know, characters that we already love who have already done so much good. And so for her as a character, it just doesn't really mean anything anymore. And it's a bit unfortunate um, I think, like, having her point of view in this, um, obviously, like, having her meet with, like, Nynaeve and tie off the ends of, like, that collar that you were supposed to toss into the ocean, you know, what happened, and them having that reconciliation, I think it's interesting, but I don't really care about her perspective anymore, and that's super sad. Yeah, having said that, those are all the things, that's, like, the first half of the prologue, and yeah. I, I think that the first half of the prologue is a little bit fine, and says some stuff I don't love in it. 
then we get into the stuff about the prologue that's fucking awesome, right? Yeah. The Talmain stuff gets real good real fast. Yeah. He is a, a leader in a way that he wasn't before he met Matt. And you can see the the I, this chapter did such a good job of showing the ways in which Matt's friendship and him being a commander under Matt has influenced this character to be the leader that he is now. Yes. And I think that it's a really smart choice to take this character who's gone on this like background journey that we've only seen snippets of. Yeah. And see him go from this like pompous sort of like cold everyone thinks he's cold asshole. <clears throat> who's hilarious. in this place because he is a lord and like he just kind of gets that yeah to being what i would consider to be a very like empathetic and open and kind character who's using his brain and using the skills that he's learned from matt to really accomplish something wonderful here mm. while also acknowledging like he's he even he's like i wish matt was here like matt could do this better yeah. and i'm like i don't know that matt could dude yeah like you you crushed it and mm-hmm. tom Mains, so tom Mains gets this arc throughout this chapter that by, by the time you get to him finding Eludra and finding the dragons, um, you're like, oh my god, Like I can see the character growth in him, not because the book is telling me that he's grown as a character, yeah. but because the book is showing me how he's responding to the situation, and it is it, it was just so enthralling. Yeah. Like, genuinely, the Tommy stuff in this chapter was so, so, so enthralling. Yeah. And... Um, Super well done. I mean, and, and, and it was foreshadowed in a way that, like was pretty clear but still narratively interesting you know when it started with when we got Talmains and then we went back to Talmains you know what I mean I was like oh this is going to be his arc through the prologue yeah and he's not gonna make it we'll get to that yeah 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 uh tell Amar thank you for that super chat Talmains is my wheel of time crush mm-hmm. I understand he's hilarious um, he's, uh, he knows how to, to to lead a force of people and recruit them and uh you yeah. know keep on keeping on and we respect it Keep on keeping on. Uh, so uh, the, the the plot of this is that Talmains is rescuing Andor, or attempting to rescue the people of Andor as it burns. Yes. Andor is, <laughs> uh, has been invaded by Trollocs and is mm-hmm. burning to the ground, um, and uh, it's not looking good. Uh, so we cut between that and these other things. Um, Aguianin goes to Nynaeve. We kind of talked about that. It's it's fine. I, I don't really... I liked that moment more for like Nynaeve than anything else. Sure. Um, Just because, like... Nynaeve has a right to be upset, and, like, she is, but it's mm-hmm. not, you know, she, she she doesn't lose it. She's just, she, she, I don't know, she just feels like Nynaeve. Like, it just feels very real. Uh, Talmains gets uh, hit by a Thakandar blade, so he is dead. Mm. Uh, or should be. Uh, and, uh, yeah, they, they, they take the gates. Uh, mm-hmm. We cut over to Avienda, and this is the, the Avienda point of view, and then the Andral point of view next. This is where the, and then we have the Mogidian point of view. This is where the, the like, side point of views in the prologue started to get a lot more interesting to me. Yeah. Um, the, uh, I really loved the openness with which the wise ones shared this information. Mm-hmm. And the the lines that Avienda drew between what she felt like they needed to know about what her visions of the future had been. Uh, and also, the, the I, this was one of the few, the, the wise ones are one of the few groups of women in this series that I feel like, have respectful conversations that aren't super snippy. Yeah. Uh, and so I really appreciated them kind of passing around ideas about what this means and what this could be without, like, shooting each other down or trying to jockey for position. Yeah. And, you None know... None of them were using this to, like, gain, like, political... Like, politically an upper hand because yeah. it's not mm-hmm. how the Aiel work. And so it's why I really love the Aiel in this series overall. Yeah. Uh, and so, yeah, this scene is great. Uh, what did you think about the way in which they discussed... The, what this meant for the glass towers. For the, 
Like for Ruidian? Yeah, I, I, I think they had a really interesting conversation about... I, I really like the way it was written. This conversation around what are the possi- what what has actually changed and what are the possibilities of that change. And, you know, we get into, like, this incredible Bayer well, moment at the end. Yeah, I mean, they talk about the fact that, like, there's a reason that it's forbidden to go back through the columns. Mm-hmm. Because some people are not equipped to handle seeing the future. You know what I mean? That is, is such an incredibly dangerous um, uh, notion that, yeah. like, I'm like, I completely understand why somebody did that and then they were forbidden and so no one, like, would do it again because... You know, the wise ones are clearly strong enough to lead people and to understand the history of their own people, but it takes a special kind of person to be able to see the future and not be <clears throat> devastated by that. Yeah. And to actually um, understand the implications and the consequences and maybe how to go about shifting it without, like, eh, Fucking it up even worse. <laughs> um, I want to go back. Uh, Matthew, thank you for the super chat. Just you discussing Tommy's give me goosebumps. Matt caught glimpses of his sense of humor in the last books, by the way. Such a great power for him. Oh yeah. I, I wish it was, but we'll get into we'll get into it. We'll get into oh, it in chapter one. I mean, oh um, yeah, with with Matt catching his humor. Like, a little bit soon there. Having having seen Talmains from Matt's perspective and then seeing Talmains from his own perspective, I think was fabulously done. So, like I, I thought it was hilarious. Yeah, hundred um, percent. And honestly, like yeah. his his humor is so funny to me. Yeah. And I think that I can be dry like that sometimes. And so like I and like I have a lot of I I'm a very exuberant person. Unlike Tom Mains, I know that we're not the same. But sometimes I do love that like dry, very straight face joke. Mm-hmm. Um, partially for me, it's because it's not what people expect from me. Mm-hmm. Uh, but uh, it just really worked for me. All all of like Tom Mains' inner monologue in this. As he was frustrated, like watching him be frustrated that his humor wasn't coming off his humor mm-hmm. was very funny to me. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 Uh, Blue, thank you for gifting five memberships. What's up, executive producer Blue? Hell yeah, making that chat green. Appreciate it. Uh, Felix, thank Felix. you for that sec two six nine sixty nine. <laughs> Nice. nice. Um, Thank you. Sex 269. Uh, a year since I finished Amel and I can't let it go. I still get chills thinking about it. Also, thank you guys so much for the roleplay relay. Looks like you really had fun. We did. We, did, we really did. For sure. I haven't finished watching it yet, but I'm going to. Thank you so much, everyone, who's still watching it. That's yeah. incredibly kind. Yes, and thank you for that super duper chat. That's, that a means a lot. A blue emote. Ooh, we might need to make a blue emote. I don't know what it would be, though. Just blue. <laughs> it's, just, it's just a blue square. Everyone drop blue squares in the chat. Um. Yeah, we didn't figure Thank you, Felix. Appreciate that. Something else. Yeah. Um... Yeah, I, I I agree with you. I think um, I think I really love the Bayer moment also because of the acknowledgement of her being like, we need channelers. Yep. You know, we need channelers for this, mm-hmm. and I can't. And I'm an older woman who maybe doesn't have the most, the biggest part to play moving forward. Yeah. In a war, you know, and I think that that is a, a real part of it is like I'm the best person for the job mm-hmm. but I also think part of it from Bayer's perspective is that I would like to have a job in this yeah you know what I mean yeah and so she does have this this scene of like I'm the right person to go yeah I'm prepared for it I'm emotionally available for it yeah in a way that like I'm I'm ready for this and I I, I don't know I just I really appreciated the the conversation between Avi and Bayer it really brought I think a lot of the themes of what the Aiel are in this series to a head in one conversation. Yeah. Um, these people who are so driven by purpose. Yeah, because they also, like, <clears throat> don't, like, value, like, 
power levels over everything else, right? Like, Mm -hmm. she has the same amount of respect as a wise one. And she realizes that, like, her brain is what's going to be the, the, like, her contribution Mm -hmm. to the last battle. Yeah. And not, she's not going to go, you know, fight head to head. She's going to be smart and put her brain to work as opposed to this magic skill that she doesn't have, right? She she knows her strengths and she's like willing to use them to try and 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 figure this out for the good of everybody involved cuz obviously like I, I like I wouldn't want to see the future. Like I think that that is in a lot of ways incredibly like self-sacrificial cuz she's going to have to bear the weight of everything yeah. that she has seen in in the in the columns uh and, and that like that's that's not nothing i think that that is just as much of a sacrifice as the people who are like fighting for their lives no i agree um in a sense arizu thank you for the super chat i'm sorry you can't watch live today uh I'm we'll sorry. have to catch up later just wanted yes. to say i have a great book club back thank you thank you we're, thank we're you. already off to a great start this has been yeah, a fun yeah and thank you for commissioning we've that already reaction. talked about that dragon we yeah, have a new sponsor things are good it's a good day today uh, y'all. We're uh, gonna go on a date. We are going on a date. Yeah. What are we doing? Can't say on live. Uh, you gonna take me for dinner? Mm, I'm gonna take you somewhere. <laughs> Do you want to talk about? I'll, I'll talk about it. No, I was just gonna get date ideas. We're bad at dates. We were like. We talked about what we're doing tonight. Do you want to talk about, about that on live? A possibility. Okay. Do you want? Do you want to bring it up? Do you want to? No, I was just saying, like... The last time we did book club, we were like, we're having a threesome tonight, so do you want to talk about what we're doing no, tonight? No, I just mean we finish at 2 o'clock, and I, I, I expect date night to be from 2 o'clock onwards, so... Oh, it's date day. It's date day. I mean, because but of what, we're, really because of what we're thinking of doing tonight, we might want to eat dinner earlier so we're fully digested. Oh my god. I'm just saying. Jesus Christ. Anyway. <sighs> okay. Um, the Aiel chat part of this chapter with Avienda also brings up one of the uh, funniest has to it has to be on purpose moments in the Wheel of Time where Avienda or one of the uh, wise ones says they are soft but he means to make them hard yeah which is like Br- Brandon Brandon Sanderson <laughs> Brandon Brando my Sandler, guy my dude my diddly dang dude look I get it you're Mormon right um here's what I know about do the you Mormons. get it. Here's what I know about the Mormons, okay? Utah is the state that is the number one consumer of the pornographic industry yeah, yeah, online. Yeah. They're the horniest. State. Uh, they aren't supposed to watch porn, but they do. So I know that you know what you were doing here. Mm-hmm. There's no way this was accidental. Mm-hmm. Why? <laughs> why? Tell for me you. that it's human nature. Why? Why? Just Did you, you do me that way? That one was just for you. It was just for me. Yeah. 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 Because you got to make them hard, you mm-hmm. know? When you they're gotta, soft, you got to make, make them hard. Make them hard. Um, and he knows... That we are already hard. I, this that whole exchange. I was like, "What the fuck is happening? Why? Like, it's there are so many ways to talk about the uh, people having thicker skin that aren't. We need to make them hard because we are already hard, and they need to get on our level. Like, there there is no other meaning to that, Brando Sando. No, no, I think that that it was perfect. It's perfect how it is. Anyway. Yeah, leave it. Don't touch it. No editing. Uh, we can we cut back towards Tal Mains, uh, which is fun because uh, Tal Mains runs into Guy Bon, uh, which every time I think hear Guy Bon, I think of like candy. Like a bonbon? Yeah. Okay. I don't know why. It's just Guy Bon sounds like it's like a French like sweet treat. Sure. Uh, he, and he's he's a sweet treat. Guy Bon tells them that the the dragons are in another castle. Um, in another castle. It was a Mario joke. 
Um, <laughs> the princess. They, but, but basically, like, the, I don't want to oh. get into all the Tomain stuff because it's a little bit just mechanical. Mm-hmm. But like, it is it is actually very interesting because there's this whole exchange where his people are like, we have to go to the dragons first. And he's like, if we go to the dragons first we and they're gone, then we're just surrounded and we're fucked. If yeah. we go to the palace first, then we have the palace guard behind us because the palace isn't burning, everything else is burning. So we can kind of, ha- we'll have a better shot of getting the dragons back if they're still there if we go to the palace first and like have a rear guard. Yeah, like prioritize, but prioritize intelligently mm-hmm. and not blindly. Uh, I th- like I, I think yeah, it was a it was a really interesting way to like to 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 kind of like put this question to our characters, right? Yeah. Because they 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 if the dragons if the trolls get the dragons, that's like very bad, no good, worst case scenario. But they can't just go charging to them because they, there's not a lot that they can do about it. So. And there was a point in this main stuff where I was kind of like, oh, they keep skipping past the action. Why why do they keep skipping past the action here? And then I realized that none of this was about the action. It was yeah. about the choices that Tom Ains was making. Yeah. And so they kept skipping to his decisions. And once I realized what the structure of this was, I really, I really started to work for me. Mm-hmm. I struggled with it at first. It took me some time to vibe with the prologue. It yeah. really did. Partially because I didn't like the pacing changes between something that felt very immediate and high stakes and these conversations that didn't. Yeah. But once I realized that this whole prologue was really, like the theme of it was making a decision and what it means to make a decision and how difficult it is to make a decision. I think like in hindsight, I enjoyed the prologue more than I did in the moment while I was trying to figure out why we were skipping the action, why we were cutting to these other conversations. Yeah. Um, and it, 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 it goes back to why the like Leowin and Isam stuff didn't work for me as much as the rest of the prologue. Yeah. Because the rest of the prologue has this very strong thematic underpinning of decision making. Yeah. And those kind of felt like tacking something on because it needed to be handled. Does yeah, that make sense? Yeah, 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 fair. Or that it was part of the prologue because it was released early to tease the final book. Right. And I think that there are some editorial decisions in Wheel of Time that are, oh, this was in the prologue because we wanted to put it out before the book came to tease the new bad guys. Yeah. And that feels a little bit like a bad trailer for a Hollywood movie to me. And that's fine. You know what I mean? Um, but the stuff in this prologue that was about decision making and had that thematic tie together, mm-hmm. I think is so strong mm-hmm. that I don't mind the stuff that I didn't love as much. Okay. Yeah, that's yeah. fair. Um, Glenn Peterson, thank you for that super chat. Thank you so much. So many little details in this book are so interesting. I want to be here for every moment of your reactions. Sings, don't want to miss a thing. I don't want to miss one trolley. Actually. We didn't talk about it. Oh, we didn't talk about that. Y'all, if you're on Twitter, um, if you could go give, uh, Nerdy's Tweet some interactions. Uh, episodes of our podcast are being removed from Spotify for copyright infringement. Um, which I don't... Doesn't make any sense. Like, it's us talking for three hours, and so I don't know what copywritten material they're talking about, and they have not provided any context. They have not responded to us. Yeah. Um, Spotify's just removing stuff, so we're probably going to move to another service. Yeah, they're just taking it down. So if you want to go interact with that tweet and share it and maybe we help us figure out what's the problem, that would be awesome. Uh, because there are a lot of people who listen to the podcast. Um, and we don't want there to be like holes in the podcast feed because someone arbitrarily decided that like they were cop- like we were using copywritten material because like 100%. We, we, we joke about the DMCA thing, but like it's not it's not actually how it works. You can't yeah. sing a line from a show and, and Spotify just get taken down. won't tell us what is cop. And it's like we've taken it down for potentially copywritten material. And I'm like, 
copywritten by who? Yeah. What material? Yeah. Like there's and there's no recourse to be for me to find it. it. It's very bad. Spotify, your system fucking sucks. Yeah, there's no person that you can communicate with to to resolve the issue. They just take it down. Yeah, um, every other fucking service in the world has like a because we work with all of them. They they have something that you can do about it. You can, there's someone you can at least reach out to. And Spotify is like it's potential and we took it down. Fuck you. And so, um, yeah, we've been with Anchor for a long time, but ever since Anchor became Spotify for podcasters, um, which has been just the worst change in the world for us, yeah. uh, I, I'm kind of done with them. I, I'm, I, we're, we're going to find a new service uh, that might impact people who listen to the podcast. It might, you might have to like sign up to a different podcast feed. I'm sorry about that. Yeah. Um, but we will figure out, um, we're going we're, we're gonna to work on that in the coming days because yeah. all of Shadow Rising and all of Dragon Reborn are taken down now, which are two of the best books. And I don't want those podcasts gone forever. So. Yeah. Yeah. So we're going to have to figure that out. Sorry for the, if, if you are a podcast listener for that inconvenience. King Grogu sex worker Rojas says, Bantha poo to spotty poo, nerdy macaroons forever. <laughs> Absolutely. Thank you for that super chat. Fuck, I want macarons. <laughs> Oh, uh, Kyle Franson, thank you for that super chat. Hey, thank you. I vote for the Bone Ships trilogy next. Ship captains, mythical creatures, and slavery bad. We're gonna get into that later. We like that because rant really let me fucking down today. Um, but uh, that's that's a later chapter. Rand. Um, why do you keep calling him Rant? Yes, because of Rantalmore instead of that's Rand. so Randall funny. Rantalmore yeah. created some great puzzles for the roleplay relay that that's you can true. see in uh, in the in the thing. Hell yeah, thank um, you Kyle for that super chat. Including a, a Sphinx character that I really loved mm-hmm. at the that end there. That was great. Yeah. All right, so moving on. This is going to be, uh, where are we? Where are we? Where are we? Talmains and, and Guy, uh, they, they do get to the palace. Yeah. Uh, Talmains is like drinking heavily to uh, not feel the pain of his wounds. Of his wounds, um, yes. Which uh, totally makes sense to me. Oh, the stream elements bot is still on. Oh, I forgot to turn off the timers. There's going to be some random shit in chat, y'all. Sorry about that. Um, we'll deal pray. with it later. Um, command Pray. That one's still up. Is it still up? Oh, yeah, it's still up. Wait, what are we getting with Command Pray today? Garrick is the authority who polices the 25-word limit of the message spell. <laughs> what? I did not see that one. There are so many good ones, y'all. Command Pray got so... Command... The problem is you can only have 10 in the thing at a time. So I'm going to have to go through and cherry pick my favorites and just have those 10 yeah. permanently. Because our incredible stage managers of the Roleplay Relay were literally like changing them out every hour to I make know. sure that it was always different. I know. Guys, guys hire good people for good jobs. Yeah. They, they, our stage managers fucking crushed it. Yeah. Will and Jack, y'all are the best. Yeah. Um, all right. Andrel. We get back to... The, uh, Guybon and Tom Mains meet up. They're going to go get the dragons. Go get the dragons. Yes. Cool. Yes. Um... Andrel, we have a really incredible scene with Andrel here. Mm-hmm. Um, and this was the moment where my, like, I don't know how I feel about the prologue fully went away. Um, this point of view really set up a conflict between characters that I find really interesting um, in a place where I understand what the stakes are and I understand how the characters interact with those stakes. Yeah. The larger conflict of this book to me is still a little nebulous and we're going to get into that when we talk about the later chapters and the meeting with Rand and the, the, the leaders. But this is a very immediate situation that characters that I find very interesting are in and I understand, like this This did a really good job of being like, this is the setting here. Mm-hmm. This is what's at stake. Our characters have to start moving towards something. Yeah. Uh, and I, I really appreciate the Andrew POV. I thought it was really well written, and it had a, like that horror vibe that I have liked sporadically throughout the series. Yeah. Um, it was very strong in this part of the chapter. Oh, it's great. 
Like, because, like, I'm, like, I have been, I guess, but I know. <laughs> Can I add a monster to book club? I know. That was very funny. I'll run downstairs and grab a mini. Just, yeah, yeah just, just have a little buddy with us. Um... Yeah, I, I I've been really loving the Black Tower POV, um, especially the differences we've get we've gotten between Andra and uh, Pavara, and, yeah. and and we've kind of gotten both of both their POVs. I think have been really really interesting, especially as they communicate with one another, mm-hmm. and that sense of horror and like dread and fear for these characters is really really real mm-hmm. because you're like, oh yeah, they're literally taking people and force turning them towards evil. And that and that is what is at stake for these characters in this moment. Absolutely. There there are larger things, you know, like the fate of the Black Tower as a whole and what it means to like have that for, for Andron, having like um um a place where people like him can be accepted and learn and and, do, and hopefully do good. Um so there's like that kind of like larger umbrella of things, but the very like real immediate issues are terrifying. And so I, that's why I loved reading these sections because, like, I, I, I'm so scared for what's going to happen for these characters. Yeah, I, I think that what I think that what Brandon Sanderson is doing such a good job of with this Black Tower arc mm-hmm. is that the the small issues and the big issues feel tied together. Yeah, you know what I mean. Like the the large issue of I, I've I've had some issues with the last battle being this thing that so just like, feels so big yeah. that. It feels so big, and at the same time, it feels like Rand just has to go to Shia Ghoul, and when he does his thing there, the Trollocs will just fall dead, like the end of, of, of Phantom Menace. You know what I mean? And so, like, the last battle to me is this weird thing where, like, I'm like, why are we fighting it? Why not just go to Shia Ghoul and kill all the Trollocs by killing the Dark One? Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Yeah. So the, the large and the small issues of the last battle don't feel super tied together right now for me. Yeah. Thematically, or, like, narratively, or... This section to me feels very much like doing every small step they take in the Black Tower towards uniting, towards working against Tame, feels like it impacts the larger thing. And so the like the connection between the small impacts kind of rippling up towards the state of the Black Tower as a whole mm-hmm. makes it very narratively satisfying to see our characters moving to, in the direction of their goals. Right. And so I, yeah. I really appreciate that. It makes the Black Tower to me kind of the most interesting plot right now. Yeah, yeah. Um, I, I'm, I, I hear that 100%. And I, I just, I really like that. I, I think that the Andrel point of view here is the strongest part of the prologue. Uh, it was the part that I spent the most time thinking about after our reaction. Mm-hmm. Um, and the you know, we'll get into what happens there throughout this section of reading, but the the chapter, it's, this prologue itself, I, I just thought it was a very, it was an introduction to a story that I can kind of like really sink my teeth into. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. And and I appreciated that. I thought it was really well done. Yeah, very well done. Uh, Andrew, fucking, depending on how this goes, you know, might be like one of my like S tier characters. Yeah. We still, we still. Andrew snuck in late and really fucking crushed it. Yeah, we still need to do, and we do need to do new new tier lists. There's too many. To... Every time I think about doing it, I'm like, I don't know how. Well, I you, literally, there's too many characters in this. You series. can only add, I think it's fifty or one hundred, anyways. Uh, so monkey had that's, like that's a the Sean's. Like we could do a Sean tier list. Monkey had a vote to see who would make it onto the the list. So that would actually be very funny to see which yeah the top fifty wheel of time. We but we we create a Google Doc that has all two thousand of them. And you get, yeah, no, that's too crazy. I'm not doing it. That sounds insane. Joe uh, White. Actually, much, there's probably a thing I could work. just copy paste. Too, too much work. Too much work. Joe White, thank you for that super chat. Thank you so much. Catching up at 1.75 speed. Uh, the, you two seem so rejuved since last book club. Love it for you. We had a thank lot you. of fun with the roleplay relay, so 
it's been uh yeah it's it's, it's been it's it's been good it's been good yeah yeah i don't know i felt like the last book i thought i really i you know towers minute wasn't my favorite book in the series but i still really liked it yeah but we were also so you know you know what it is the when we were doing towers of midnight there was so much stress around the role play relay and like getting that done yeah and i think that i'm i am um, in a clearer headspace now because i don't have the weight of that coming up yeah Mm -hmm, yeah mm -hmm. i agree with that you know i I think i understand what you're saying being a producer is hard work (laughs) yeah Executive producer, though, it could be, it could not be. Um, George has an interesting point here. Andrew plays the role I had hoped Rand would do to bring the male channeler back to the bright side of life. I really like that. Always look on yeah. the Yeah. Uh, we, yeah, that's fair. We cut back to Tal Mains. Uh, throughout this, uh, we, Tal Mains does find out that there are channelers who are supposed to be sending messages to Elaine, but they're not because but they're, they're not. dead. Dark friends got them. They can't travel because they need all four of them to travel, and uh, two two are dead, and then a third one also dies. So it's like, which is like Elaine, leave a couple people behind who can make a gateway on their own. Yeah, like did Elaine expect that they were going to literally go fight Rand? We're we're gonna get into why I think Elaine's. Why this, this, the reading so far this week has really put a sour in my mouth around Elaine and why I'm... Oh, I know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Why I think that uh, it's insane that Elaine is given the job that she's given at the end of this chapter because military strategy is very clearly not something she's good at. But in like a world... it should go to Gareth Bryan. In a world. Or Riddell or um, the other one, the other great captain that they fucking saved. Um, or... Um, yeah, fuck, what's his Jai name? Jaichim Like, th- no, I'm kidding about that one. I just like the name. Or even, like, Galad. Gawain. Like, uh, Gawain. Matt. Uh, Gawain. Uh, any of the characters that have Matt's done military there, shit. That Matt's not sure, there, though. Sure, sure. We're going to get into why I think it is fucking insane that they were like, you know what? We need someone to lead multiple armies across multiple nations. Who's going to do it? The seven-month pregnant lady who's never led war in her fucking life. It drives me crazy. We'll get to we'll it. We'll get to that. We'll it's, get to that. We'll get to that. The prologue is so much better than the rest of the reading this week, unfortunately. And we'll get into why. I will fight you on that because there's a lot of really good Andral stuff. Lots of really good Andral stuff. Mm-hmm. Lots of really insane um, uh, decisions. Uh, a speech from Rand that drove me up the fucking wall. And uh, the choice around Elaine is just fucking insane. Great. Love we'll, it. we'll get into why. Like, I. There, it really felt like ah fuck we got to get some shit out of the way so we're just gonna th- we're just gonna like get get through this really fast. Mm-hmm. Will it make sense? It, 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 don't worry about it. We'll get to it. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, the wait we're with Tummings. Uh, they do find Jessamine. Jessamine is the one survivor of the healers. Yes. Um, uh, she's like yeah no you're dead I can't heal this. Yeah. And we're like oh shit yeah he's actually gonna die. Yes. Uh, and uh, they they go to uh. Find the dragons and Talmains kills a fucking second Madral because Talmains is a motherfucking badass. Yeah, he's like, I'm already dead, so fuck it. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> that is pretty cool. Talmains, Talmains is literally like, he takes it on the cheek. Mm-hmm. Literally. He turns the other cheek. He's like, you want to fucking stab me? Go for it, yeah. motherfucker. Jasmine is like, what's wrong with your face? And he's like, oh yeah, I ate some cheese. It wasn't good. <laughs> I don't really. Yeah, fantastic. Talmains, chef's kiss. Uh, and they do, uh, they go find the dragons. Aludra has saved them mm-hmm. um, because the consequences don't exist in this world. Um, yeah. And uh, so they get ready to head for the East Gates, at which point I was like, why not just blow a hole in the wall? And then Tell was like, we should blow a hole in the wall. And I was like, oh my God, am I Tell Wait a second. <laughs> am I? 
coming. Uh, and then we cut to McGideon for um, really wonderfully written petty high school bullshit. Oh my god. It was like the best written CW show I've ever seen. Um, yeah, so, uh, you know, McGideon's hanging out in Morden's dream shard, you mm -hmm. know, they're just, they chillin', they chillin', she's got her own corsuvra, so she's, like, feeling good about herself, she's like, I, you know, I'm not, like, free, but I've got my soul on my body now, so I can touch the source without, eh, that's some crazy fucking shit, um, and, uh, yeah, yeah, although Morden still has the Sindane one, cause, yeah. you know, what is it, Last Chance, is that? They no. Last chance for Sindane? Yeah, she's last chance, and then Graindoll is no remorse or some No, no something. way out. Um, I, oh, yeah. Um, <laughs> yeah, that part's uh, definitely interesting. So, Demandred arrives, and uh, then also a newcomer. What Hesalam. the fuck is Demandred doing? I'm assuming he's the one who took Caitlyn. That's his army. I, 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 but, but then, I think like, he did. but no, because he was making no, because Morden is the one making the Trollocs. Because we went to the place where the Trollocs are coming trollocs. from. They all have Trollocs. I know, but he says that he's a ruler somewhere. So, but where? Shyogul. No. No. That's where Morden is. Yeah, sorry, that's what I thought you. No, oh. no, Demandred. Where the fuck is Demandred ruling? What is this nation that he holds? Maybe he holds the ways. Oh, maybe. I don't know. That's He's like the leader of Machin Shin. Because <laughs> uh, how would they fight? If they could weaponize, if the dark side could weaponize Machin Shin, oh, pretty dangerous, yeah. right? Like, how do you Super fight dangerous. it? I just yeah. want to know, like, because Demandred is like the wild card in this whole series right now. Mm -hmm. um, and it's so funny that Morden is like, Demandred is the one of you that's like kind of accomplished something. And I'm like, I, I, I don't know what it is, but sure, if you say so. Yeah. Yep. <laughs> Yeah, anyways, a uh, newcomer arrives. Super ugly lady. Super sucks ugly. To, sucks to be he Hesalam, um, who I, if you watch the reaction, I was like, oh, it's fucking Graindoll. Yeah. Because you take the hot lady and you make her ugly, and that's the worst thing for her in high school. Uh, but they, that that's why they're villains, is because they never grew up. Yeah. Yeah. I, it, it. That's why they're villains. Th this was like, this was such an interesting POV. Because on the one hand... Like I said, it was the best written CW show I've ever read. On the one hand, it's great, right? Like, I think the writing's really great. I think that it is consistent with the characters as we know them. I think that the um, pettiness and, and the high school bullshit of these characters has been consistent throughout the series. On the other hand, it makes them kind of uninteresting villains to me. Like, yeah. the Mihail enters this scene as the most, like... Mazram Tane becomes the best villain. Oh, for sure. In this scene. Yeah. Morden, uh, Demandred, and Demandred has potential. We just don't know what the fuck is going on with him. Like, maybe it's the town. Maybe that's where he's ruling. Um, oh, the town that Assam is in? Yeah. That might be in his, like... Yeah. Maybe. But but it, it's, it was really interesting to have this, like, interaction between characters where the character that is viewed as the low-status newbie who doesn't know anything mm -hmm. is introduced in a way that makes the other villains in the series all look like incompetent morons in comparison to him because their egos are so brittle, mm -hmm. despite the fact that they, they should... That, that, they should have some awareness of the fact that they're getting their asses kicked constantly, and they don't. And they don't. But and I honestly find that kind of hilarious. 
Like, it brings an element of comedy that I don't think is meant to be comedy. But, it, I, like, I enjoy it because I find it funny. That, like, they all, yeah, seem like petty fucking high schoolers who have zero mm-hmm. self-awareness. Um, but there's... Yeah. The, Casey uh, says something interesting. We thought Demandred was tame for a while. That was, like, a theory that we were playing with. Um, apparently, he was supposed to be, and that changed in, like, book five. Um, it definitely does feel like... It doesn't... That, like, yeah, okay. That, like, that, like, it was kind of set up that way, and then they were like, just kidding. Yeah. And I think that that's... I think that's to the weakness of both characters. <gasps> Is Demandred... That fucking dude who comes into the tent, Roadran or whatever, and Rand is like, wait, it's not you? And has a really weird interaction with? No, it's not him. Uh-huh. Yeah, Rand, Rand thinks It's it, not Roadran, it's fucking Demandred who has an army of people who doesn't know No, 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 Rand thinks that Roadran is Demandred. And so when Roadran walks into the tent, Rand walks up to him and realizes that he's not Demandred. And that's what that interaction oh, is. Oh, I thought it was, you're not Roadrin. No, no, he's but saying... But then doesn't address it no, to no, no, make no, no. him sweat. <laughs> he walks up to Roadrin thinking that he's going to be needing... He's excited for Roadrin to enter the tent because he wants to confront Demandred. When Roadrin walks in, he realizes that it isn't Demandred and oh. he's disappointed when he says it's not you. That's less interesting because I, I saw... Because that interaction happened and I'm like, he's not Roadrin. Oh, who is he? No, but he's he's okay. hoping that Demandred is Roadrin because this is going to be his chance to like get him in a his on his turf and confront him. And then uh, when Roadrin walks in, he's like, "Oh no, you actually are Roadrin." That is disappointing to Rand. Wait, so he wanted to put every important person at risk by bringing Demandred into the tent? Yeah, absolutely. Okay, um, anyways. Or, or, or he might not have acknowledged that it was Demandred. He was hoping that that was Demandred. He was, like, preparing for Rodrin to be Demandred, and he wasn't. And so when he says it's not you, he's he's specifically saying that, like, oh, you're not Demandred. Not, you're not Rodrin. I, I mean, Elaine is in that tent. He's like, I'm gonna risk my pregnant, like, lover and her babies. I, I don't know. He, hey. he, he's surrounded by a lot of people. Like, I, I don't think he's... There, there's like 90 people in that tent that can channel. I don't think he's very concerned about facing Demandred. I also don't think Rand views Demandred as a threat at all, one-on-one. I think he views him as a threat as a military leader. You know what I mean? But I don't think that Rand... I don't think Rand is okay. standing there quaking in his boots about... I, the, the place where Rand wants to fight Demandred is one-on-one. Because he's like, that's my fucking shit. Where he respects Demandred is in military strategy. He's like Captain Gene Poole from the Role Play Relay. Um, <laughs> Great name, by the way, yeah. whoever submitted that one. I, I also don't know that he would immediately confront Demandred in that well, moment. Well, but that's why I thought he was like, oh, it's not you. And then turned away, like, as in, like, I'm going to suss this out later. No, but it would so be it's very... it's kind of just less interesting <laughs> if he was, If he that. was Demandred and him going, it's not you, it, that, like, why would he set off Demandred's alarm bells? To be like, I'm going to fuck up your shit later. You See, but that mean? is more dangerous than just immediately, like, shielding him and blah, blah, blah. Linking with the other Ashman and just fucking, you know. Eh, maybe. I don't know. Eh, um, anyway. Okay. Yeah, I still, yeah, I'm not sure where Demandred is, what he's doing. Yeah. I think he's, res- I know Rand thinks he's responsible for Camelin. I also feel like it would make sense that he is responsible for Camelin. He's got a big army. 
I he... no, I agree that he's responsible for Camelin. I just think that he's also ruling somewhere where Rand wants to know where that is. Okay, maybe he's in Shara, like, and they're gonna like sneak attack in because we keep hearing about Shara, but like they they haven't played a part in any of this, and so I don't. It feels I... very Robert Jordan that he would bring in an entirely like new country in the last book and be like, surprise, motherfuckers. I would be very disappointed if if Shara yeah. plays a significant part in the rest of this book. And they have to introduce a whole other fucking thing. I, I would I would be disappointed. I don't care at this point. It's too late. Okay. Like the amount of it, it was kind of like there was a point in the roleplay relay where Matt and I were kind of like, hey, it is too late to kill a player character now. Right. Because we don't have enough time left to introduce that character and have it be a satisfying part of the finale. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Right? Um and, and, like, that is the reality of storytelling in a way that you wouldn't maybe do at, like, a, we've a home already, game. Uh, we've already introduced the fucking Aiel vampires. Yeah. So, yeah, that that would be weird. I um, don't... I I think this series... This book has to introduce a lot of stuff because th- th- there aren't great villains. But I also don't want it to spend all of its time just introducing new stuff right at the end. Because I think that, like, there's there's so many plot lines that need to be fucking tied off. And um, it, the, the, I don't know. I, I feel like this yeah. series is weirdly not... In the best place setup-wise so for a finale. Where is the Mandrake? I don't know. Uh, Ancient Hydra, thank you for joining the Nards. Appreciate that. And Steak is Meat. Steak, it's good to see you. Hi. Rand is just waiting to be reborn as a dragon. Yeah, you know what? He just got to be reborn as an ancient gold dragon, then he's going to fuck shit up. Mm-hmm. It's going to be great. Um. All right. We now have... Uh, yeah, so uh, the Mihail is um, raised to be a Chosen. He's no longer Maz from Tame. Uh, that name is Dead. Uh, and uh, Morden reveals that he's been training Dreadlords, uh, which is what Andrel is all up uh, in his panties about. Um, yeah. Yeah. But yeah, uh, Demandred is really, like, cocky. He's like, I have something to contribute. But Masrim Tame says, or sorry, uh, De- Man- or Morden says that the Mahale gets to fight Rand. How do you think Demandred feels about that? Not gonna happen. I think Demandred might fuck up Tame's Black Tower plans. In order to, like, I honestly think that Rand might win at the end because of Demandred's ego. And that it's going to be Demandred being so pissed that this was given to Tame and not him that he fucks up the shadow. And his ego literally gets in the way. Does he explicitly say that? What? I feel like I can't remember. No, he explicitly says that Tame gets to have the the dragon's head. Like, that's literally, I, I yeah, it, it, it is very explicit. Oh, okay. I think I... Yeah, I think I missed that, but uh, damn. Yeah, I think Demander does not like that, and it's going to be a problem yeah. for the Shadow. Yeah. Because their egos are why they lose. Well, yes. They, they're they chosen because they're selfish, but they also fail because they are selfish. Yeah. Um, um, we get our final POV. Talmans. Oh, Michael Kioski, thank you for that super chat. Heck, thank you. As a fellow male, I couldn't be happier for Tame. Fair. You know what? He, 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 he worked spirit hard. Boarded, yeah. You know what I mean? He manifested and he made shit happen. Yeah. Tame really is the crypto bro of the uh, Randland universe. Yeah, honestly, that's He the sold most a accurate. false bill of goods and it worked out. He did like the crypto zoo or whatever it is. Mazroom Tame is the Logan Paul. Yeah. My, I am notoriously in a feud with Logan Paul um, uh, on TikTok. Uh, he is truly the Logan Paul of Rainland. Yeah, 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 yeah. That checks out, actually. Yeah, we'll he's just raising start... a bunch of dreadlords. He's raising a... Uh, mm-hmm. 
Uh-huh, Ancient Hydra. Thank you for that super duper chat. Uh, psyched to see you starting the finale. I had to finally become a narc. Thank you so much. Um, NF Tame! The roleplay really is awesome, but I barely saw either of you because it works. I'm watching Day Shift this week. No worries. I totally understand. It was Thank a lot you, of Thank you, Hydra. I appreciate that. But I appreciate you going back and watching it, filling in those gaps. It was such a good time. I know you're going to love it. Um... Uh, so they, uh, yeah, we get this final moment where uh, Talmains listens to me, takes my advice, points the dragons at the wall, blows a fucking hole in the wall, uh, and then he passes out as they escape. And we get what is what is like one of the like greatest like death lines for a character ever written. Yes. Um, yes. What Give what would have gone what would have gone down in history as making Tame like or uh, Talmains truly like one of those historic deaths in media. Which is, when he toppled, slipping into unconsciousness, the ground seemed to tremble from the force of his fall. What a fucking way to die. Yeah. What a, like, what a memorable, incredible death moment. How many characters have such an incredible, like, memorable, impactful final part of their series? Mm -hmm. As part of their life. Yeah. In this war against the shadow. Yeah. Tom Maines... You, I'm you so glad that you went out like that because you got you got a moment big enough to that you just oh oh wait wait wait, Talmains is fucking fine. Cowardice. It's cowardice. It is go off. It is authorial cowardice. Go off. And it is fucking up this series. Kill your care. Let them. It is war. Let them fucking die. Stop doing this. I'm so like, I was so moved. I was like, this is fucking huge. Yeah. What an incredible moment. Oh, wait, no, now he feels him. Yeah. Okay, so what are the stakes of this world? You know what I mean? Like, it, there, there are no stakes. This is this is a cartoon series where Bugs Bunny is getting blown up over and over and over again, and he's always fine. And, like, it's supposed to be a war show. It's supposed to be a war against the shadow, and every named character is just great. They're fucking dandy. And I'm just like, why are you undercutting this incredible moment? I don't have an answer for you. And I just, I, I like, I was so hyped at the end of the prologue. Yep. And then the wind was taken out of my sails so fast. Mm -hmm. And I, I'm like, I'm sorry. I, I, I'm not like trying to shit on it. I know that people say that I'm too negative, but like, I, I really, really, really feel like we are coming towards this final battle and the final battle to me doesn't fucking matter because I'm just like, well, no, everyone Nynaeve survives fucking everything. It. The dark one's back. Nynaeve can heal it. Don't worry. And like what, what, when people complain about the final scene of season one of the show, not to promote the show, but whatever, but like people are like so up in arms about Egwene healing Nynaeve there. And I'm like, what are you fucking complaining about? Have you read the Wheel of Time? Yeah. Everyone survives everything, and it's fucking... Unless you are a wolf, everybody survives everything. There are no stakes. This is a stakeless world. And I... It, I, it was so... It was so disappointing. Like, it was... Can you imagine if Tom Maines... Can I pitch you the version of this that they should have done? Go that would have been fucking sick? Absolutely. Tom Maines dies here. Mm -hmm. The ground toppled with the weight of his fall. It's fucking huge. Yeah. Matt blows the goddamn horn at the end of this book and Tom Maines rides into battle with him one last time as a hero of the horn. Shut up. I hate you. Do you know what I mean? In my head. It's right fucking there. It is the easiest fucking thing in the world. What if Tom Maines was Gaidal all along? 
But, 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 like, <laughs> it is so simple. It's so simple to kill Tom Mains here to have stakes in your world. Yeah. To have Matt have this, like, emotional devastation of not having been there when Tom Mains fell, and when Camelin fell. And one more time. And instead, they saved all the fucking dragons, and Tom Mains fucking lives. And so I'm like, again, what... Why am why do I care about this? What about this war with the ultimate bad guy? And Rand in the meeting scene is like, hey, look, we are not as strong as we were back then. They were getting their asses kicked and they had all these abilities. And I'm like, you guys don't have any of their abilities, and you're never getting your asses kicked. You're fucking fine all the goddamn time. Kill Talmains, make him a hero of the horn, give the fucking book some stakes. Yeah. Stop writing this war series where nobody has any consequences well, or failure. It's exhausting and, and, to me. And here's the thing, it kind of would do would do what the book did, but way better because we know that if the Dark One wins, the wheel breaks and people don't get reborn. Yeah. And mm-hmm. so Tal Mains being a hero for the horn and being like, yeah, we have to win or yeah, I'm dead permanently is still like part of the story. A thousand percent. And, and really like helps like Matt, I think come to terms with the fact that he's the one who blows the horn and he's responsible. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like that sounds so, oh man, uh, that would have been so good. It is just, it, I, I, I was really disappointed. I'm not going to lie. Because I thought no, the sacking of Camelin was going to be the moment where I was like, oh, shit just got real. But instead, and it lots of unnamed people die. Uh, yeah, but like... The, Which the, like, it, that you know, p- lots of unnamed people are dying all the time in the series, but we don't know them. Yeah. I, I just, I think that... Um, yeah. It really, like, I was like, okay, the second Camelin's going to be cool. Bad shit is going to happen, and our Mm -hmm. heroes are going to, like, it is going to be the emotional devastation. And even Elaine is like, ah, it's some buildings. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Great. Like, I I, I don't know. I, I... I went on this adventure with this series hoping to be emotionally devastated. And there, I don't have a lot of emotional connection to any of this because there's no stakes. Mm-hmm. Because at every opportunity, the books walk back anything interesting to have this very tepid, very safe, like, don't worry, though. The, the heroes are fine. If you, oh, if you like the character, don't worry. They're fine. Everybody's yeah. fine. Nothing bad really happened. Yeah. Some people some people you never heard of died. Like, the, you know, the poor people died. But don't, don't worry. All of the main characters are fine. And it's constant. Yeah. And it makes the war with the shadow seem like a joke. I don't, like, and I don't always agree with you. Like, we've had debates about that, those kinds of things throughout the series. But in this moment, I, I do. I think it was a real step back to just let Tommins be okay. And to let them have all of the dragons, and Eludra's fine, yeah, yeah. and Gaibon is fine. Both the dra- if you save Talmains, they don't get the dragons, or sure, you know, yeah, yeah. Some, something like that. But yeah, it's it's everything is fine. So. There are there are no consequences <laughs> yeah. for the sacking of Camelin, other than they don't have the city. But like the city isn't important to the final battle, as yeah. far because we don't know what the final battle is. And it's, it's not, not like that's where they're going to fight it. Yeah. So yeah. unless it is a Camelin, it is. It is. Know. It is the. It is writing the big, big, like, hero's fall moment mm-hmm. and then pulling the rug out underneath it at, at right at the end of it and letting your audience be like, oh, my God, this bad thing is happening. Tom Maines died. Isn't this so emotional? Nope. Just kidding. Fuck you. Yeah. Nobody died. Like, uh, Metheny, thank you for that super chat. Uh, you're right. Tom Maines cannot be Guidel because Guidel has no sense of humor. You're right. You're right. You're right. 
Um, great payoff POV, leave it at that. Yeah, for sure. It's, it, it, that one was like a little bit disappointing to me, especially because we left the end of the prologue being like, holy shit, like, like shit, things are getting real, Talmain's died, like that, that means something to uh, our characters that we love, like for Matt. Yeah. And they just were like, nah, just kidding. But you, so. you also, like, you did, sorry, Brandon, but you wrote the best death line. One of my favorite yeah. death lines ever. Yeah. In the ground seemed to tremble from the force of his fall. Oh it is one God. of the best death lines I've ever read. Yeah. You know what I mean? So good. And so it's just to like to write something so poetic and magnificent, the kind of line that people would get tattooed on their bodies and then have it be a rug pull is Cowards. It's authorial cowards. cowards. I, in, in my opinion. Like it really is. It <laughs> it it immediately made me not interested. Yeah. And and I ha- I struggled to get through the reading this week because of it. I was reading until like one o'clock in the morning last night because I kept putting the book down because Talmain surviving this just killed my interest. Yeah. It yeah, made no, me I go like, oh, I don't fuck. Oh, I don't care. Like, yeah. I literally do not give a shit now because nobody will fucking die. Mm-hmm. And so what what is the point of going to, into this war? Yeah. If the only people who die are going to be the bad guys, oh, fuck, that's fucking boring. Yeah. And I, I just, yeah, I mean, this this series is willing to talk about slavery and rape, and it's willing to get into all of this dark shit, but the war is the most sanitized thing I've ever read in the world, and this moment crushed my interest in it. It, it crushed my interest in the final battle. Yeah. I care about Andrel because shit, there's consequences there. There's actually interesting shit going on there. I don't give a fuck about the last battle because I mm-hmm. don't think anyone's, I don't think anyone's in danger. Yeah. And I should, I should be scared shitless. I should be sitting there with my characters fucking on the edge of my seat. Like what be is like, going to happen? Who is going to die? But yeah. I just know that Nynaeve's going to walk over and be like, I can cure everything. <laughs> yeah. Anyway, yeah, I, I want to move on because I don't want to just complain forever. Uh, but uh, that is that is how I feel right now. I uh, like this will always be like a black spot on the memory of light for me. Yeah, no, I I I think it's fair. It's unfortunate, but I do think it's fair. Mm-hmm. Um, sandwich, thank you for that super chat. If you want steaks and your heartrum, your heartrum, your bot. If you want. I'm sorry. I think you'd like the Faithful and the Fallen series by John Gwynn. I'm I I. Not 100% sure on the first part of that sentence, but um, uh, yeah, thank you for the book recommendations. We've, we've got some stuff to read, but uh, always happy when a book provides uh, steaks. I prefer, you know, um, medium rare, uh, personally. Uh, but yeah, it's a little unfortunate, for sure, this, uh, this, this section. Uh, chapter one is uh, the wheel of time turns and the wind blows across the country and we land in a spot. Uh, Rand and, uh, Rand and Perrin are having a, like, fun conversation laughing. I know! They're, like, broing out! They're bro- they're broing down! Actually, having I, some brewskis. I love to see that. I did- I that did like great. that Rand is like, oh, I love wine, because Luce Theron liked wine, but he doesn't like this wine. Yeah, <laughs> He's, like, yeah, yeah. just miserable. He's complaining about the vintage. <laughs> it's very funny. Amazing. Uh, Mega K Wags, thank you for that. Uh, the Narcs. I was a raffle winner to be in this book. I'm Kurt Wagoner in chapter one. Hope my man didn't disappoint. Let's go, Kurt Wagoner. That's amazing. Congratulations. That's awesome. Thank you. Welcome back to the nerd table. Uh, steak is meat. This is like the opposite of Game of Thrones. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Pretty much. Yeah. Well, actually, it depends. You get to season eight and everyone has hero shields. Uh, so it's. Mm-hmm. Not, I Plot don't think armor. that'll be in the books, but. Not everyone has hero shields. They literally fight zombies. 
and we watched them rip oh, in it that into people. Absolutely, yeah, yeah, yeah. Everyone, no, fuck that, fuck that. That plot armor was way too thick. Anyways, doesn't matter. We're not talking about Game of Thrones. But how do you know everyone survived? You couldn't see anything. Um. So Rain. I could. By the way, I yeah. I don't hate season eight as much as other people do. But. Yeah. No. No. Fuck that. Um. All right. Uh. Yeah. Rand. They they have like a interesting conversation. Um. They kind of walk around. We find out off page. We find out that Rand found out that Elena's pregnant off page. Which like just let us see it. That's such a fun huge moment. Because I got to the point where Rand was like, Elaine is pregnant. Why didn't she tell me? And I, so I was like, oh, when did Rand find that out? It just, it, it was off page. And I was like, why, why is that moment? Why, why isn't that? Yeah. Why aren't we there for that moment? Yeah. Like Elaine is like, you know, Elaine doesn't tell him at first. Cause she's like, oh yeah. You know, like he's a little like off. I can feel him in the back of my head. Maybe putting that on him is not a good thing. And then she feels the change in him. And I don't know how long they've been at the Fields of Marilord, but it's definitely, like, long enough to have a five-minute meeting to tell the father of your children that you're pregnant. No, no, no. Elaine cannot go to Rand because plot convenience. Oh, gotcha. Okay. Um, can the Ashaman! <laughs> Nobody dies. Chat. Emotional damage. Yeah. Uh, no, I mean, Noel did, but, like... Yeah, but Noel was an older was... gentleman who had lived a very full life, and it was kind of like, yeah, of course you're going to be the one that's going to die. And like... got a heroic death, not against the bad guys of the series. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Varen killed herself. Uh... <laughs> At least Varen, Varen was badass. I will, I will... Sure, but again, it is a war series, and nobody's died in the war. Yeah, yeah. no, no, I hear you. And that is what is so weird about this to me. Mm -hmm. there, there, there are characters who have died... But primarily not, like, Ingtar died. Not against the shadow. Against You know what I mean? Like, yeah. it's literally, like, the, the our characters only die against the other factions or uh, literally no, can, against themselves. Ken the Ashaman died, you know? Again. To well, the shadow. Yeah. Also, I guess those are the shadow, kind of. Hey. They were working with the Forsaken, at least. Yeah. But, but you know what I mean? Like, it's like... Yeah, Varen fucking killed herself. <laughs> like, I don't know what you want from me. And the people are like, no, but there are consequences. I'm like, what? They got Talmains and the dragons and Gaibon and the Lutra. All four of the important pieces survived. Anyways. Just fucking kill Gaibon. Who gives a shit? <laughs> There's 2,000 people in this series. Kill some of them. They can't all have fucking epilogues. I'm exhausted. I'm fucking exhausted. We've been having this conversation for like seven books. It's been like two million words. Yeah. Just and kill. I, I start think it's killing people so you don't have to remember to them. Now. You really, you really think it's gonna change? It, no, yes, it is the last battle, and Rand keeps being like, "We're gonna lose a lot of people," and I'm like, "Rand, why do you think that? The only people you're gonna lose are the ones whose names you don't know, because Brandon Sanderson doesn't want to write the list of women who died out." Oh my god. Oh my god. I need to stop doing this. Um, you need to just ex you need to realize that because you've been talking about this for seven books, that's how these books go. I know, I know, I know, I know, I know. And look, look, is the Wheel of Time going to be my favorite series ever? No, it's not. Right? Like, there's things I love about it. I, it's an incredible series with a mm -hmm. lot of wonderful pieces. It also has some huge missteps that I think are like unfortunate and detract from its overall sure. greatness. Yeah. Um, and if it's your favorite, awesome. Like, I'm not telling you that you have to agree with me. Uh, that's just my opinion. And like, there there isn't enough. For me to say that this is my favorite thing ever. Sure. 
but I also love it. You know what I mean? Like, I, and yeah. I think that like some people hear me say it's not my favorite series ever, and they're like, "Oh, you hate it," and I'm like, "No, <laughs> yeah, there's yeah. things I hate about it." You know what I mean? But like, I the, there's so much to love. Yeah. I just have a very wide and varied opinion of the series. Yeah. That is very wide and varied and because has wildly different is things in it. Wide yeah. and varied. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. For sure. What he's saying is Ken is not Ken enough. Oh my god. I need that fucking sweater. Okay. Um, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, uh, yeah. Uh, they they go see the clerk and they kind of just chat with him, find out who's there. Yep. Uh, Rand kind of reveals his like point of view on Luce Theron's memories. Yeah. Uh, and I think that they're very interesting. I, I love kind of the way that he communicates this to Perrin. I he, keep waiting for Perrin to be like, I'm a wolf. I, I think Rand already knows. He knows he's like Because Rand, in but... this POV, Rand has a moment where he's like, did he almost say smell there? So I think Rand is already aware of that. I don't think he's aware. I don't even think Rand knows what like a wolf brother is because it's so rare. I think he does from Luce Theron's time though. But even then, there were like almost none of them. Sure, I just, it seemed, that the smell line in this indicated to me that Rand knew it was up. Hmm. Yeah, okay, it didn't indicate that to me. Why do you think that he said, why do you think that he came up with smell there then? Well, because he, that's what he thought he almost said, and he's like, but he makes no connection to it. It's not like smell, oh, is oh, that, okay. like there's nothing else there, and so I was like, oh, it was just a weird misstep in words, hmm, that's strange. Fair. Yeah, I, I don't, I don't think Rand knows, but I don't know. Um, yeah. I think when the wolves show up at the last panel, maybe he uh, he might find out. Uh, <laughs> then we get uh, Egwene's point of view, who is writing a letter to Oh, uh, actually, before we move on from that. Sure. Rand explains why they need to break the seals to Perrin in such a, in the same way that I did. Beautiful way. Uh, the, like, literally almost word for word what yeah. I had said in that book club. And Perrin and is like, like, wow, you should just say that. And he doesn't. <laughs> oh, Egwene is a woman. She doesn't understand blacksmithing. I was like, Rand, what are you, what? <laughs> I don't yeah, I do not understand why he didn't just say what he said to Perrin. It changed Perrin's mind about it immediately. Yeah. And then Rand is like, no, no, no. She wouldn't understand it because she's not a blacksmith. <laughs> yeah. Sure. Uh so Egwene is writing a letter to Rand, and uh here's the thing, y'all. If if you have frustrations with somebody and you want to put them to, to paper, it's it's pretty therapeutic. Yeah. You know, definitely, definitely recommend. Um uh, so she goes to see Elaine, uh, and uh Elaine is she like teleports over through a gateway because she's like I don't want to walk because then it's like a whole thing once everybody knows it's like it's just fucking annoying which fair fair uh and uh yeah they Jessamine has not been reaching out from Camelin uh it's been six hours she's like wow what maybe, a silly girl maybe silly send someone at the first two hour checkpoint that they missed it's and this is this is where like they start to set up that Elaine isn't fucking running things well, and it's so strange that they set up throughout this that Elaine is not the right person for the job that she's given at the end of this reading. That job, yeah. If someone doesn't meet your check in, you don't go. Ah, we'll go two more and see. Yeah, so you go then, immediately. Then Guybon shows up and is like, Camelin is under attack and burning, and everybody died except for the people I have with me. Um, but why hey, didn't I know? Yeah, and I'm like, I was, I was. I know. It, hasn't it been six hours? Yes, which means that they missed three check-ins before they went to check in. Yeah, I don't. Yeah. Why? I, I don't. I, that one. You know I, what I mean? I, like, I, I couldn't tell you. And the, could not tell you. The, the book doesn't set like Elaine is like, why didn't someone go check in? And there's no answer. Mm -hmm. The book just kind of leaves this dangling thread of, oh yeah, it was six hours. We waited six hours. Move on. Yeah. As soon as it's like two hours and fifteen minutes, 
I'm checking in. You know what I mean? I was so confused. Yeah. And I'm still confused. And the book doesn't answer that at all. No, it gives Elaine the yeah, full authority at last battle. Um, but anyways, uh, yeah. Do you know what I mean? Like, yeah, yeah it was just, it, it, yeah. I just wish the book gave a reason why they didn't check back in. Yeah. Just, just anything. I just wish there was something mentioned is all. Yeah. 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 Uh, yeah. I don't know what that could be. But uh, anyways, Nynaeve um, heals Talmains. We've already talked about that. Yep. Um, that is what it is. Um, and we move over to Rand's uh, point of view. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, this is where they kind of talk about Lucerne and the, the madness and like what that means for Lucerne and about whether or not Egwene is going to side with Rand or not mm-hmm. or if she's going to fight him tooth and nail on this. Um, and then they find out Camelin falls. Um, they're like, oh, okay, well, uh, fuck the people of Camelin. I- Elaine can't leave because this is the most important thing. And I was like, okay. Yeah. I'll maybe, like, check in with her. You know what I mean? Like, Rand, like, you love this woman. Yeah, I yeah, would yeah. maybe go to her. And instead, Rand writes a letter to Elaine telling her that she should go so that she stays. Well, and, like, the, the miscommunication communication thing. Communication in the wheel of time. The communication thing before had the excuse of they are countries apart. And now they can, like, see each other's tents. I know. They can literally teleport over there. I was like, guys, why? They No, they've always been able to teleport. Now they can yell. That's now true. they could reasonably, like, amplify their voice a little bit and yell at each other. Hey, Elaine, let's talk. But Don't they're go still, <laughs> they're still hey, like, Rand, I'm pregnant. We're going to see each other at a meeting tomorrow. Did Elaine think she was going to walk into that meeting with her fucking belly out? And Rand would be like, uh... Hey everyone, can I have the tent for a second? Cause what the fuck is that? Like, what was her plan? And she doesn't go into the meeting and then talk to him. No! So she's literally Rand is at this the most important meeting. Oh look, my god! Look, look, look. Rand is like, I'm bringing all of the countries together. We're gonna have this very important meeting. Mm-hmm. And Elaine is like, I'm gonna show up pregnant, not talk about Surprise, it, and hope that doesn't distract him. I know. Or become a thing. I know. She's just hoping that he's found out somehow. I what guess. is this child doing? And and I get it. I get it. Elaine is a child. And, like, she behaves like a child. And she's immature. And, like, that is part of her character. I totally understand that. But then at the end of this, you expect me to be, like, Elaine's in charge of the war effort. And I'm like, she is making terrible fucking decisions that don't make any goddamn sense. And then you're telling me she's in charge of shit. And I'm like, no, there are people who are good at that. Who have shown throughout the series how fucking good they are at it. There are so many characters who have earned the fucking job because you've written great captains. They have the fucking title and they've lived up to it constantly. And you're giving it to the woman who's doing some random bullshit. Yep. It's wild. I, yeah, I honestly, at this part, I was like, the fuck is going on? Y'all are ridiculous. Just go walk over three tents and talk to the woman you love. Like, yeah. now I'm going to write her a letter and tell her that I what I don't want her to do so that she does the opposite. I'm like, oh my fucking God. I just, yeah, the, the, this whole, like, the, the, like, CW campsite bullshit. It's just, I was like, oh yeah. my God, guys, yeah. you're, you're the king. You're the leaders of nations. The fate of the world is at stake. Please talk to one another. Like, could you imagine if you're like, I'm going to go die and sacrifice myself for everyone here to live, and the woman you love walks into that meeting pregnant? Like, yeah, I can't. I can't. 
Yeah, it's wild. It's yeah. so wild, and yeah. it's so weird. <laughs> yeah, it is very, very, uh, very. These strange. people are so toxic. They're so toxic. Are you kidding me? <laughs> if you have to literally like, not gaslight, but basically gaslight the person you like to doing what you want by telling them to do the opposite, that's fucked up. I know. <laughs> Rand could literally just explain to her yeah. that he needs her at that meeting. Yeah. And that he is sorry about Andor. And also Elaine and wasn't going to go. she would fucking listen. She also wasn't going to go. I know. But and he it, never... But, but Rand has not spoken to her in seven months. I know. And God so he doesn't know what she's going to do because he impregnated her and then fucked off. I know. This series is like... It is the... I, coming after Towers of Midnight, I was like, oh, we're set up for the finale. Everything's going to, like, settle into place. It's going to be a totally normal final book. And then the beginning of this book is the most insane shit I've ever read well, in my entire life. And I I thought that Elaine had had more character growth than apparently she had had. I agree with that. Right? Because she, she got Camelin back. She was incredibly intelligent and strategic. Yeah. Like, like there, there were so many things about Elaine that, yes, I think that maybe... Her POVs weren't the most interesting to a lot of people. I found them interesting. But also, it was kind of time that was maybe not that important because then uh, Camelin fell anyways. But the, the, but the character development that I saw in Elaine in those moments, I loved. And to kind of have that undone in this was just really silly. But, but it's, it felt a little bit undone in order to have the like plot of the meeting be more dramatic. Yeah. But there was so much stuff that already needed to be handled at the meeting. I did. I didn't care about yeah. That I was like, this this stuff should have all been handled earlier. Yeah. And honestly, should never have happened because Rand and Elaine should have talked. Yeah. Uh, they have even the ability. They, even they have if they way too many page. methods of communication. Yeah. For this to have continued on this long. Yes. Yeah, I agree with that. Even even if they, even if they talked off page, that's fine. We don't need to sure. see the actual conversation, but he's, sure. he's telling Perrin how he feels about the conversation is also very interesting. A hundred percent. But they don't have that conversation, and so yeah. They instead gaslight one another. Um, um, anyways. Yeah. Chapter two. They go check on how bad things are in Andor and realize, hey, we can't do anything there, so uh, fuck it. Uh, we're, we'll do our best. But yeah. We're it's gonna the, do our the, best. And it is the mature decision. It is the hard decision, right? Like, yeah. we're not going to save Camelin because it's not worth our resources. Yeah. Um, and I'm, I'm at least glad that uh, Elaine agreed with that. You know yeah. what I mean? Yeah. yeah. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. Anyways, uh, we get back to some good shit over at the Black Tower with uh, Pavara and Andrel. Yeah. Um, and it is, it is fucking good shit. We just yeah. complained a lot about chapter one. Chapter two. Mwah. Yeah. Uh, the only thing, the only thing is that I, I really don't like the moment where Pavara bonds Andrel. <sighs> yeah. Because I think that like their conversations around the circle, and I, I don't understand like. I'm I'm still not sure I really understand why the like you can have two men and one woman but you can't have like three men and two women. The I math of that just it is the math of it's the just world, random and it's just it is what it is. And so like they they have this great conversation about circles and then Andrew tries the circle and then Pavara is so caught up in not being able to give up control that she she forcefully bonds him and then he bonds her back, which we've I didn't know was possible. So I thought the bond was a bond. Very kind of. I just think that like we really didn't need another consent moment in this series. Like we just didn't. This could have. This could have been the better version of what happened to Rand, where she asks, and she's like, I, I don't know. Yeah. I just it was a little bit icky in a moment that I thought was written really well up until it. And, and yes, like, so good. All the stuff like, in the Black Tower is great. Conversation was so cool. Like 
them sussing each other out and like really like figuring out how they're gonna work together so fucking good and then yeah that moment just kind of like uh killed it for me you know um samantha a says she was scared i i get that but That's like not an excuse yeah like some the, the andrew didn't do anything yeah. She's the one who worked it up in her head and got scared and then lashed out. Even though Andral was just like, you know, indulging in being able to hold more of the power. Like, and it also just, it just made this like, oh, fuck. Like, uh, Pavara, yeah. Like, Pavara was such an interesting character and I really loved her. Yeah. And now it's like, oh, great. Another woman who just fucking takes advantage of a situation because she can. Yeah. And I, I don't know. I, I just, I, I, it. It was so well written up until that beat, and then that beat kind of passes really quickly, and they just kind of move on from it because the because stakes of their situation are so high. Because he does it to her, then, and now they're like, "Oh, okay." Well, and the immediacy of what they need to accomplish is so high that yeah. they have to move on. Yeah. Uh, and so it, the book doesn't even really get into why it's bad because they don't. There's no time, mm -hmm. and so I was like, "Why introduce such a big thing?" Mm -hmm at a time when you don't have time to get into it. Yeah, and the other part that kind of makes it weird for me as well is Pavara's like, I'll, remo I'll remove it. I'm like, you yeah. know, like whatever, you know, I'll, I, 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 there is a way to take this back. And Andral is like, well, there's not a way for me to take this one back, so uh, get there's, fucked. But wait, there is it. you also can't remove the water bond. Pavara says that she can. No, she says, I revoke it, as if that's going to just like magically. No, no, she says, I, I will revoke it. And he's like, well, I can't do that for this. Like, there's no way that I know. Like, Lightblind Fool says, wait, we have high stakes? Yeah, in the Black Tower? Absolutely. Absolutely. The Black Tower is the most interesting part of this because there are legitimately moment-to-moment -moment stakes of what is going on. Yeah. It is actually scary. Yeah, yeah, I, yeah. The Black Tower is the most interesting part of the book to me right now because I understand what's going on. I understand what the stakes are. The characters, yeah, 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 absolutely. Yeah. I, I would rather read about the Black Tower than literally anything else happening in this book right now. It is the best part of it. Uh, and there's other know. great stuff. Don't... I'm, I actually really am loving Avienda's POVs. Again, I'm not saying it is the only good part. Mm -hmm. I'm just saying that the Black Tower is the best part of the book right okay, now. Okay, yeah, I think it's my favorite part of the, the beginning here, yeah. It is yeah. where things are currently happening. Yeah. It is, you know what I mean? Like, there are, there are elements of it that are really working. Mm -hmm. um, and there, there's other stuff that I love, right? Like, I love the random parent conversation. I mm -hmm. loved uh, uh, the Avienda point of view with the other wise ones. There's other yeah. great stuff, but the Black Tower to me is the best part of this book right now. Yeah. Yeah, uh, yeah for sure. Um, and the Tom Main stuff up until he's brought back. Yeah. That stuff was great. Um, yeah. Um, so uh, <laughs> Sean says, the Black Tower that Robert Jordan spent half the series avoiding because it was too interesting. Agreed. Yeah. It's almost like we could have been here the whole time. I honestly would have def would have loved more of this. Like, I think they could have taken out a lot of um, Crossroads of Twilight and, apparently and the, put this in. Apparently the bond can be revoked. That's what she says. So I'm kind of taking Pavara at her word, but yeah. Cool. Yeah. I, I Like, it's never happened before. Yeah. It does feel like we're introducing a lot of shit at the end of the series. You know what I mean? It yeah. does kind of feel like, oh, we, we, we can double bond now. The bonds mm -hmm. can be revoked. The, you know what I mean? It feels like there's a number of things yeah. that are being set up in the final book mm -hmm. that I think that, like, could have been set up earlier. Yeah. 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 Um, yeah. Uh, anyways. Uh, Wait, well, Samantha is right. Why is a, if, if you can revoke the bond, why is Elias still bonded? Is he? I yeah, he know. is. He said that. Or well, he ran books. away, so there was no chance to, like, revoke it. Oh, do you need to, like, gone. physically touch them to do it? Probably. Like, okay. there needs to be probably some proximity. I think the fact that we don't know the answer to that question isn't great. Yeah. 
If you're going to bring it up... Like, Perrin could have asked Elias, you know, like, oh, well, why, like, yeah. why isn't, why is the bond still there or something? Yeah. Yeah, I think the fact that we don't know the answer to that question is a little weird at this point. Yeah. We were too many words in. Yeah. You know what I mean? Fair. Um, but uh, the other, other, other than that, uh, I think the moment around, other than the bonding issue, which I, I think was just very unnecessary and weird, uh, the, the moment of Andrel, I really, really, really loved the pre the lead up to it which mm-hmm. is andrel getting this bond and feeling so much joy and wonder at the amount of power that he suddenly has mm. and the, the the line like is this what everyone else feels like is really beautiful and i i think they like that side of this conversation brandon sanderson did such a good job of writing absolutely it was really interesting and um yeah 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 wheel of time welcome back to the nerd table we're gonna have an all green chat let's go um, I don't think these are new things being introduced for plot as much as Bran- as Brandon just playing with the magic, because that's what he likes doing. Uh, yeah, yeah, clunky way, I think, to get in there, but it definitely feels like he was like, what if they were both bonded to one another? Sure. Um, so, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, um, I, think, I think it's interesting. I just think that the way that we got there was like, characters already made this mistake, like, earlier in the series. It would have been more interesting if, if we had explored that in a different way. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Um, and, 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 like, I, I I think that sometimes Brandon Sanderson does a really good job of building off of earlier things that were mentioned and expanding upon them. Yeah. And I don't necessarily think everything so far in this book has been that. It's been sort of, like, new ideas. And I, I just hope that... I, I, I hope that the rest of this book feels a little bit more focused than I think the beginning of this does. Yeah. Yeah, um, for sure. Jason Renner, Jason, thank you for that thank super you. chat. They discussed releasing the Bond back in the Great Hunt with them wondering if Lan should ask Moraine to re- be released. I love Flirty Avienda coming. Oh my god. Avienda is great. Um, but Did to, they talk about releasing Lan? I always... My recollection of it was that the releasing was the, the passing along of it, but that just might be uh, because we're so far away from book two now um that i I don't have clear memories of that actually i did just do a re-listen but i i don't remember yeah i don't remember that uh yeah you're probably right it's probably there and it's just so long ago now that we're not remembering it yeah yeah it is just interesting that it's never happened Mm -hmm. you would think it would have happened one it doesn't matter um and then uh wellen gets uh wellen comes back and uh reveals that logain that uh tame has logain yep which he got from yeah where was he no idea you know what i mean they tried to escape and they got caught it didn't go well no but where was the where's Logan been for like three books he left remember he literally snuck out because he was like fuck this place yeah and then he went to rand and then rand set him on missions and then did rand just not notice Logan disappear why he doesn't check in on Logan regularly so yeah why would he know rand what no he Logan was checking in with rand regularly Literally, like, Loghain was, like, running around doing errands for Rand. Like what? Setting up the meeting with the Sanchin. Moving Ashaman out of the Black Tower who were loyal to Rand. That's what Lo- that's what Loghain was doing. And does Rand just, like, not know that Loghain disappeared? He forgot about Loghain. <laughs> Too many people. It kind of feels like it. Poor Loghain. That's like, so sad. Wait, like, Loghain disappeared for, like, three books. I think the last time we saw him was Knife of Dreams. Maybe. Because it was before Semarag attacked Rand. Yeah, yes, for sure. Rand forgot about the Iron Fleet. Exactly. It might have exactly. been it might have been Crossroads of Twilight was the last time we saw Logan. So like what has he been doing? 
He's like the third. He's like the third most powerful male channeler in Randland, and he just kind of disappeared. And Rand never brought him up again. Never checked in on him. These people can teleport. Like they can communicate in dreams, and like it is so crazy to me uh, that, the, that Logan, you can lose track of somebody. Logan was hanging out with Asmodian. <laughs> Uh, yeah. Yeah. I, but, like, they literally, like, we captured Loghain, and I was like, I, I, yeah, I guess. What was he, like, what was he, where was Doesn't he, what matter. was he doing? Not important. Uh, it wasn't doing anything. Uh, Philip says, Rand seems to spend half of his time actively trying to forget that the Ashman exists. I agree. Yep, definitely. He's like, someone else, uh, someone else is dealing with that. Um, yeah. Uh, so, Avienda... Goes in, sneaks into Elaine's tent like mm-hmm. a fucking asshole. No, it's great. I fucking <laughs> no, I lo- love. No, this. I I loved yeah, yeah. it. I loved it. And Elaine is like, you you know why you know you freaked everybody out, and she's like, no, why? Because you planted a knife in the ground. What's the problem? No, she planted that as a distraction outside. I know, and that's why everybody. Fr- well, and that's why the people outside are freaking out because like, oh, someone planted a knife in the ground near the queen's tent. That's worthy of some fucking alarm, Avienda. <laughs> No, I, I, I fucking... I love Avienda Why would anyone so see much. that as a threat? I only put a knife in the ground. Yeah, that's fine. Oh, um, my God. Avienda is the best. I fucking love her. Never change, Avienda. Um, <laughs> I do love, though, that she enters a tent, sits down, and nobody notices. No one notices, like, the tent move a little bit. No, no. Avienda is fucking sneaky as fuck. She's got passes out trace on at all times. <laughs> Plus 10 to sneak, always. Uh, and then uh, they come together, and um, like I, I, I love it. I, you know, we we hear Elaine kind of talking through what's going on in Andor, and it's great. Yep. Like uh, Elaine, as much as I give, sh- uh, as much as I am giving shit, Elaine, uh, Elaine shit here. She is a great queen. Yeah. You know what I mean? She is running Andor and uh, now Kyrianen really well. I, I don't want to conflate the fact that I do not think she should be the military commander. She's not, yeah. With the fact that I think she's doing a great job at, like, this. Uh, yes, at leading people mm-hmm. and a country. And Yes. I, I just think I, they're separate jobs, right? Yes, and yes. I also think Elaine is a toxic girlfriend that I would never in a million years date. I yeah. love redheads. Not a fucking chance. She's, That's why you have Avienda. She's crushing it as queen, though. Mm-hmm. And I, I do want to give her a credit for that, yeah. right? Um. So uh, yeah, they they get the they get to come together, and Avienda's like, I need to go fuck Rand right now. Yeah. Uh, can you help me do that? Yeah. I need are to talk we to good? Min first. Are we good with that? You know, it's my turn. I call dibs. But you're pregnant. Min has fucked him every day. I need to fuck Rand right now. Yeah. Uh, and uh, Elaine is like, Yes, of course. Totally uh, yeah, go for it. Uh, it's gonna be super weird when I'm going to visit my burning city, and I feel you having orgasms in the back of my head. Um, but yeah, now is a great time for you to... It's fine. The only one who can't put put it away is Min. Min is the one who has to endure it. Elaine can, like, package up the bond back there and not worry about it. I felt like an awful person reading this, because I was like, yes, Avienda deserves sex. Like, like, this is a great moment for Avienda and Rand. It's also a great moment for Elaine. But the entire time, I couldn't stop thinking about Elaine going home to see the, the city she grew up in burning to the ground as Trollocs shoot crossbows from the walls. And in the back of her head, all she feels is her man fucking Avienda and coming inside of her. Because we know she's this is where she gets pregnant. Oh, yeah, of so course. I like, just was like, I was just reading this and I was like, this is, Elaine is literally going Rand to be experiencing Rand's orgasms 
while she watches her city burn. Uh-huh. And that is fucking bizarre. Yeah. And I don't think that was That's intentional. Rough, I feel like it was... I feel like from a writing perspective, it is two separate things. Absolutely. But they're happening concurrently. Yes, they are. And like... Uh, yeah. It's why I'm like, this. the beginning of this book is very weird to me. Because there's a lot of great stuff. And like, I think that the way Elaine is handling Camelin is great. I think Avian and Rand having this moment is great. But there's just something about them putting those two things at the same time that feels so weird to me. Mm-hmm. And... I, I just, like, I don't love the idea of Elaine, like, unconsciously getting wet as she is, like, horrified at the sight of her city burning down. Yeah, but... Do you know what I mean? Yeah, like, but we've established that Elaine can kind of, like, pack away her bond. It's Min that can't, like, disconnect from it. I know they can, like, mute it a little bit. You yeah, know what I mean? Yeah, but I don't yeah. think she can, like, fully block it off. I don't, I don't think she can, like, fully block it off either, but, like, I don't think she's gonna get horny watching Camelin burn, you know? I don't know that she has a choice, and that's what's weird about it. You know what I mean? Especially because she's also first sisters with Avienda, so she gets, like, double whammy. Oh, she gets it from both... No, no, she gets it from both sides. Hot. You know what I mean? And, like, that that was where I was, like, reading this, and I was like, oh, when, once, it, once it clicked for me that this was happening at the same time, I started to feel so weird. Fair. Yeah, no, that's fair. Also, if Avienda, like, didn't want her vision to come through, she could have just not fucked Rand. True. Yeah. But she was like, nah, the dragon dick, worth it. Absolutely worth it. Yeah. But yeah, so uh, that happens. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, Avienda, you know, kind of is like, I'm going to bend the rules around Min uh, because I have to. But, you know, if we could, um, if we could. If we could? If, you, if we could, I would work with Min to, like, get closer and... Oh, yeah, there's, like, there's not enough time, but eventually we'll all be first sisters and we'll all fuck you together. It'll be great. Rustang, um, Rustang says distance meets the effects a lot, doesn't it? Here's here's my thing. It's not even necessarily about the feeling of orgasm. I mostly push that because of the joke of it. Mm-hmm. For me, it's more that if I was Rand and I loved Elaine and I knew that she was feeling this huge emotional trauma, mm-hmm. I would be there with her and not having sex with another woman. Do you know what I mean? Like, yeah. I could not yeah, allow her to go alone. I know, and I know that she has to use. for the meeting. Yeah. I get that she has to for the meeting. But there's a, there's, like, their relationship to me is awful because they are never there for each other when they need to be. Like, no matter how dire the situations, these characters never show up for one another. And it is so... Like, it is so apparent in the fact that Elaine is experiencing her childhood home burning to the ground and Rand and Avienda are fucking. It also kind of parallels, like, when Rand is literally losing his mind and Avienda's like, I'm not a wise one yet, so I can't, like, speak to him. Yeah. You know, yeah, he he has men in these moments, but, like, Avienda isn't there for Rand before veins of gold. Yeah. Right? Like, I, Robert Jordan has some interesting views on polyamory, for sure. And yeah, I just, I, I can't imagine being Rand and, like, feeling Elaine's trauma and sadness and getting hard. Yeah. You know what I mean? And I pushed, I pushed the orgasm stuff because it was funnier for the show. But, like, if, I, if I'm being, if I'm really thinking about it and why it bugs me and why, like, a lot of this first section didn't work for me, it is that Rand isn't there for Elaine. Yeah. And that he tr- uses it to manipulate her and, like... The, the, 
I just and don't... she's like, wow, I'm so proud of him from trying to manipulate. I was like, I just, oh my their, God. This relationship is awful. <laughs> yeah. And like Tuan and Matt's relationship is awful. Yeah. There, there's so much, like there are so many terrible fucking relationships in this series. Yeah. Perrin and Fayil started bad. I feel like they've gotten to a good spot. Yeah, for but sure. But like all of the relationships in the show are, are in these books are so fucking toxic. Mm-hmm. And this was just such a like gross it, like, gave me, like, I put the book down. Like, I literally stopped reading last night and was like, oh, it's going to be a slog to get to tomorrow because of this. The Tom Mains thing bugged me because I was like, fuck off. Like, really, you're going to rug pull me with, like, a really amazing death scene that isn't? But this was the thing. And then a, a thing that Rand says later. This is where I was starting to be like, oh, I don't know that I agree with these characters. Mm-hmm. And the way that they treat the people they say they love. And that was hard. That was a hard thing to, like, keep reading through. Yeah. Yeah, I think that their treatment of one another is not great. Yeah. 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 No, I, I hear you. It was like, like you know, like you said for the joke, it's funny to think about. And then you actually think about it and you're yeah. like, Ooh, I don't know how, I don't know if I like that. Yeah, it's just it, like, I really wanted to love the beginning of Memory of Light. I was so excited to start reading again. And mm-hmm. I, I'm not gonna lie, I found the beginning of this book hard to get through. Um, and partially because I think it's trying to set up a lot because... There's a lot that is still very unclear about where we're going. Yeah. But also because of stuff like this where I was like, fuck, you couldn't have like had them have, you couldn't have just written them to have sex and then find out the camera. There was six hours, right? You couldn't have just had them have sex and then find out the camera was burning. Yeah. Like you like you could have shuffled it around so that it wasn't. a conversation with Elaine at any point. Oh, Elaine's leaving to go uh, check on her hometown, which is burning before her eyes. This is a perfect time for me to fuck all night. It's just like a really weird, it, it just didn't work for me. I'm sorry. And if it works for you, like, great. I, I'm not trying to like push my opinions on other people. It just was kind of like, not, and this just didn't work for me. The timing of it was just very weird and uncomfortable. Yeah. And I, I don't know. I, I, I really wanted to like it because I'm like, oh, the big meeting, it's coming. Yay. But the whole time I was like, hey, Rand, maybe, maybe not right this fucking second, dude. You know? Yeah. Yeah. I don't know. Yeah. That's just how I kind of felt about it. And it, it was tough. Yeah, no, I, yeah. uh... Yeah. I, am I being fair? I, I don't know if I'm being fair to the book, but, like, it, am I, like, wrong? Is it no, no, not weird? No, I think, I think it is weird, especially considering that, like, Elaine and Rand have still fucking not had any kind of conversation. It, if it was me personally, look, look, if I was in a relationship with several people and I knew one of them was having a terrible fucking evening, like, I would care about that person's emotional well-being more than, like, getting laid. And, and, you know, even if they decided amongst themselves Mm -hmm. that, oh, well, one person's going to go sleep with you anyways, it's like, okay, well, (laughs) funnily enough, uh, polyamory uh, should be treating all parties equally. And, you know, Rand should get a say. And they make a joke about it later, which I was like, ha, 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 yeah, that's kind of funny. But, yeah, he's like, I'm never going to have a say in this. And, like, that's not fair. And so their whole relationship feels kind of like, um, kind of like a, like, teenage boy's, like, uh, sexual fantasy Mm -hmm. who, like, who maybe, like, their kinks are that, you know, they just want to be taken care of. Like, they have, yeah. like, a mommy issue and, like, uh, uh, they have fantasies about multiple people because, you know, it's, like, that thing of, like, oh, I don't get to pick who I'm fucking tonight. Oh, woe is me, but I'm getting fucking laid. You know what I mean? It's <laughs> While my other lover is pregnant and watching her city burn to the ground. Yeah. It's a, li- <laughs> it's a little bit icky, 
I love a lot about all of these characters. Yeah. But this moment especially made the threesome, foursome relationship uh, feel uh, feel uncomfy because people were not respecting everybody as equals in these moments. Yeah. Um, so yeah, it does feel like a little bit of a weird kink fantasy that was written into this book and not always uh, written super well. Yeah, yeah. 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 Maybe this is a bit of Sanderson who doesn't have experience with polyamory. Yeah, because honestly, I feel like, I can't believe I'm saying this, I think Robert Jordan wrote the polyamory better. Yeah, he's not good at writing, like, relationships, but the polyamory stuff, like, I I think... I don't know. It felt a little more uh, true to character. And now, yeah, yeah. Uh, Sean says, it sometimes feels like two women who have tamed a sperm donor and Min, Rand's Rand's actual girlfriend. Yeah, because Min and Rand have a fucking relationship and talk to each other. They interact with one another. uh, Avienda basically has sex with Rand. Mm -hmm. Or berates him about Aiel shit. Mm -hmm. They do not have a relationship. They don't care about each other. They are not in love. Mm -hmm. Elaine has not spoken to Rand since they fucked. They are not in a relationship. They are not in love. They are toxic to one another. They're so fucking toxic to one another. They are a terrible couple. They should not be together. Min and Rand, fucking great. No matter how bad shit is for Rand, Min is fucking there for him. Does does Rand need help? Min fucking consoles him, carries him when he's sick. Like, they have a legitimate companionship yep. that is beautiful. Yeah. And then Avian and Elaine are just fucking, like, they have their own relationship, and He's Rand like is their... the dick that they fuck on the weekend. Yeah, 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 yeah. They send Rand a you-up text, and that is the... And then, at all other times, they're just mad at him and think that he's an idiot and think that he's incompetent and don't think that he's doing a good job. Like, it is toxic, weird bullshit, and I, I just, like... Yeah. I, yeah. There's parts it's of it so strange. that I really, really don't love. Um, yeah. Sorry, but, we uh, need to move on because I'm, I'm just harping on this, um, but... No, that's fair. I, this was a big. Yeah. This was a big piece of why I am not enjoying a memory of light so far, um, and I. I think that. I I, I want to be honest about that because mm. I don't want to just brush under the rug the things about the series that I don't like. Yeah. Just because like the last two books I've really enjoyed. Yeah. Right. Like I really liked um, Gathering Storm. I liked Towering uh, uh, Towers of Midnight almost as much. Yeah. Um. But like so far, I'm kind of like, what am I? What, what am I reading? Yeah, well, I, it feels like it feels like the ball's being dropped right now, and I'm I'm worried because I want to love the end of the series, but like I I didn't I didn't really like week one. No, the, I, I didn't like yeah. week one of the reading. There's some I'm sorry. there's some really good shit in there, and then there's also some like kind of questionable shit in there, and that we're here to talk about both of those things, right? Glenn, uh, thank you for the super chat. Min is best girl. Min is best yeah. girl. Min, 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 is, Min is the best. Because she talks to the man she loves. Yeah. I, that is such a low fucking bar. Uh-huh. Uh, all right. Uh, we cut over to chapter three. Oh, my God. we It's been two hours, and we're only on chapter three. Yeah, hurry the fuck up. You hurry the fuck up. I am. Okay. I'm, uh, go, 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 go. Come on, chapter three. Come on. I have been. Come on, I'm the come one on. Who's a dangerous like, place. Okay, a dangerous place. Come on, go. Then... Go, 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 go. No, 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 You're going to, you're, you're, you're going to take a second. You're going to be like, oh, yes, you are the person who is trying to push this narrative forward. Uh-huh. Yes? Am I going to get that acknowledgement from you? Yeah, you're doing yeah, great. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Thank you. I'm having, uh, I'm having fun. I don't know if anyone else is enjoying book club today. I'm having a great time. No, I, I'm having a great time, but I have been the person that's like, and then in this chapter... 
Um, so I'll be that person again because we get to chapter three and we're back at the Black Tower, baby. Um, Wellen is like, yeah, Loghain and the Mahale, yeah, they sorted out their differences. Don't worry about it. Loghain's gonna be here tomorrow. They're gonna tell you all about it and everything's gonna be fine and dandy. And I was like, oh God, they're so fucked. Yeah. Um, they also, um, uh, they demote Andrew. <laughs> It was very sad. Because he's like, this actually means something to this character, and we already know that it means something to this character, and it was, like, gut-wrenching to have him, like, in this moment where he, like, can't do anything mm -hmm. except kind of survive yeah. and help the people that he cares about survive. Uh, that was, that made me, like, that, that, that got me in, like, the feels. I felt so bad. Yeah, it's also, like, one of those weird moments where I was, like, why are you doing this? Like, if you, if I was, if I was tame, and I was running the Black Tower, and I was trying to get people to like be alone so that they could be kidnapped and turned and all of this stuff, I wouldn't demote people. I would make it seem like everything's fine. Like this just seems like really bad. Well, I don't think that came from the Mahail, right? That was some fucking no, cocky literally did. Like the Mahail is the one who demotes him. But they I just think that like that. I don't I, know if that's true. If I, but right, but I would tell people to make things seem fine. Or, is it, there, or it's a tactic to be more divisive. Like, you better suck up to the Mahal because I can fucking demote you. But what is the purpose of being divisive? If your plan is just to turn them all evil anyway, why? Because why? they're stronger. That he, has, he literally says they're more useful to him if he doesn't have to turn them. If they come to him of their own accord. Right, so then why not? But like, the, So he's scaring people. The stick isn't working, though. Right, like the the carrot might the work, but they never, they don't really even try it. You don't know that. No, he's fucking demoting people and being like, if you cross me, then you get fucking downgraded. People are gonna suck up to him. Yeah, and I guess there's the element of like the more on the light you are, the further you go to the dark when you're turned. Yeah, it is weird that it doesn't seem to be the thirteen thirteen thing. So I don't know what's going on with the turning. What do you mean? Well, we they said that, like, saw... it takes longer with Loghain, but I thought it was just a quick ceremony with 16, with the 26. All we know is that, like, you're required to have 13 and 13. I don't know if there have been any other specifics mentioned previously. This is kind of like an introduction to, yes, these are the requirements for it, but for certain people and their strength of will, it takes longer. Yeah, I, I, I'm just a little bit confused as to what's going on. With that, it, not in a bad way. I actually think it's really interesting, and I think that what we get to with Loghain is great. Again, the Black Tower stuff, other than the, like, Super one consent cool. thing that I didn't think was necessary this late in the series, uh, it's really great. It's just really, it, there was a weird kind of element of this where I'm like, the, the the fact that they said that it takes a long time and that Tame is the one doing it, I was uh -huh. like, are, so are, are not 13 Nice to Die and 13 Madral? I, I, I just, and when they get there, there's no one with Tame. Like, there's, like, one person guarding his cell. And so I was just kind of like, oh, I, I thought they were going to get there and there were going to be 26 people in the room. You know what I mean? Trying oh. to turn him. Like, I thought they were going to be doing something to right, him. Yeah. And it seemed like they were just trying to break him the same way that, like, solitary confinement breaks someone mentally. Well, yeah, because they said, like, his strength of will is, his resolve is too hard so that they need to, they need to wear him down. I... Maybe they have to, maybe... It, Maybe it's See, easier when they're This is the weird thing about weaker? setting up that the 1313 thing just works earlier, right? And in nobody knew Wayne, about it. It's like a theory, right? No, no, but it's a thing that happened in the Age of Shadows. So, like, the Forsaken know about it. Because it was yeah. a thing that they used to do. They set it up as being, like, if you get this in the room, boom, control. It, but it doesn't seem like it is that. 
And so I think that it is me having an expectation of what it is and it not being that thing. Okay. And like, so that my expectation of it is a lie that the series was telling because the people in the modern day don't actually know how yeah, it works. Yeah, yeah, unreliable narrator and type so, thing. Yeah, I, I think that it's just my expectations rubbing up against what we're being shown here. Right. But I, I expected them to go down and there would be like a ceremony taking place or like a spell or something. Yeah. And he was just kind of like in a hole and I was like, oh, okay, I guess... Okay. Yeah. I just didn't. I, I I didn't really understand what was going on. Yeah, that's fair. Yeah. Uh, Joe G, thank you for the super chat. Uh, as a fellow ADHD, it was always a little surrealism and satisfaction to being the one getting other people back on track. I uh, I, I do my best. Oh, it does. Feel my good. wife is the best, guys. She's very good at this. I am not. Um. We would be a bigger channel if it was just you. Absolutely not. I would be so boring by myself because I get too distracted. Yeah. Like. Yeah. I need structure. Uh, Rustang. Rustang, welcome back to the nerd table. Uh, if he's forsaken now, he needs to compensate for his competence up until now. You're right. No, you, you're right. You make good points. Um. No, stay competent. Mahayo, you're my only hope. Babu, thank you for the super chat. Dokaryuldik. Um, if you don't know what that is. Kodaryuldik. Oh, that's, is that not what I said? No, you said Dokar. Oopsie, my bad. I'm the dyslexic one. Will you please not take my role on this podcast you're right, away you're right, from I'm me? You're right, sorry. Um, if you don't know what that means, um, I'm going to share a video in the Discord at some point and you will understand. <laughs> I have, that video is somewhere. I need to find it and share that. Yeah. Um, um but yeah, no, this is really cool. Uh, we get uh, the this moment where uh, they decide that they have to... Um, they, they have to fight. They have to rescue Loghain tonight. And yep. it's going to be their only choice chance. Yeah. Uh, and I was like, great. This this plot line is just going. We're shooting just out of a cannon it. here. Let's it. fucking go. Love it. Love so on board. That. Really invested. Can't wait for it. Yeah. Uh, and then we cut to Rand. And Rand... Um, Rand is, like, thinking about stuff. He's just kind of chilling. Yeah. And uh, Avienda's like, hey, let's fuck. No, 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 no. My favorite thing is I took a fucking picture of it. Uh, he's like, well, at least I don't have to worry about you freezing to death this time. And she's like, yes, but it may happen that I die of boredom, Randall Thor, if you do not stop rambling. That's a way to get a man to fuck you, I guess. Um, <laughs> hey, I'm bored. Shut the fuck up. I love Avienda. I don't want to feel Elaine's sadness. Distract me with your penis. Yeah, pretty much. It's the best distraction. Uh, and then it cuts to Pavara, because uh, that is a fade to black. Yeah, uh, we don't get the dirty details. Pavara uh, and uh, Andral set up this plot where they're going to tell Dobris, uh, Dobser, sorry, uh, that there's wine in an unlocked room, and Dobser is an alcoholic. Uh, and so Dobser shows up for alcohol, and then yeah. uh, Pavara is like, Pow, 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 pow. And then they're like, okay, we got Dobser. And then Waylon and the other guy are there. And she's like, ah, oh, fuck. And Pavara does what I've been waiting for a red to do this whole book series. Yeah. Which is show that they're really good at taking out male channelers. Yeah. Because we've never really seen it. Right? Like, In the books, no. We've gotten, like, sneaky stuff where, like, the, the reds, Galena, like, tricked Rand. Yeah. But we've never seen, like, a red go up against a male channeler. In this case, three male channelers. And honestly, like, yeah, she needed Andrel with the cudgel to help her finish it off. Mm -hmm. But she's crushing it. Oh, and she right. lives up to what the reds are. Yeah. This moment, mwah, yeah. I fucking loved it. Yeah, the whole Andrel fight is, was really cool. Well, even Andrel is like, holy shit, you took out two of them. And she's like, yeah, that's what the fuck I'm... 
trained to do. What do you think we do in the... We're not fucking our warders like the Greens. Yeah. We're not reading books like the Browns. We're practicing taking down men. We're fighting. We're practicing uh, tying down men. I mean... Um, this scene was fucking Great. rad. Yeah, loved it. Absolutely loved it. Um, Glenn Peterson, thank you for that super chat. Gateways don't work at the tower, so Tame is doing what all dictators seem to do when they have absolute control, turning the screws. Oh, 100%. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah for sure. Yeah, I, I, I think my, my, my question is that, like, the, what is it about the turning that is making them go so slowly? Because they have so much power in this situation. It seems like they should just grab everybody at the same time. Well, I don't know if they have a abundance of 13 and 13, so keeping multiple people, like, locked up and breaking them. Yeah, I guess is... keeping them shielded takes energy that maybe they don't want to waste. Yeah, that, yeah. That's fair. They kind of have to do it one by one or two by two. Um, cool. But, I'll yeah. agree with that. Yeah. It just, the, the way that they talk about the, the Black Tower is that there's a thousand channelers there, and the we only see the perspective of, like, ten people. And so the, the, the Andrel scenes, while very well written and I think like very cool and motivated and I'm enjoying them, yeah. also make the Black Tower seem very small. Mm -hmm. And I I kind of wish the scale of the Black Tower was shown a little bit better in these POVs. Just a little bit. Yeah. Um, I still think they're great. I just, the one thing I, the only thing I'm kind of missing from these is that consent issue just not being there because it's not necessary. Yeah. Uh, and also um, the, just the Black Tower, the scale of the Black Tower being a little bit more prevalent in the storytelling of this. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like really selling that most of the Black Tower is on the fence would be would be fun. Yeah. And that Andrew only has the like ten or twelve like really like on the light side guys, and that the dark side is only like forty people, but there's a lot of channelers that are on the fence. No, there's there's most of the people have been swayed to. Right, but that's not. where like the numbers game. I I feel like the numbers game of the Black Tower is a little bit wishy washy here in order to like. I agree that the scale is not represented very well, but it's definitely not like 40 people. It's like hundreds. No, uh, no, it's thousands. It's like over a thousand. No, no, I mean hundreds of people are on tame side. Right, but that's why I'm like, well, then just grab all the people who are too good and just fucking like do it quickly. That but they need 13 Aes Sedai and 13 Madral, and so obviously that seems to be in short supply. No, no, I just mean like to like so that they can't be working against you. And if you have to weaken them, throw them all in cells and weaken them but, for, so that the 13-13 come through and just go bop, 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 No, bop, but uh, we talked about this already. Mihail says that he, they are much more useful to him if they come to him of their own volition and that the turning thing isn't, like, Right, but what I'm saying option. is that you know those Two Rivers boys are not going to come to you of their own volition. Like, looking at them, they do not seem to be... They're, they're, they're not turning towards you. They're all turning towards Andrel, uh -huh. right? And so if you have hundreds why if you have hundreds of people on your side why are you letting these 20 guys like work on their machinations well, to escape you lock them up and then there's a prison break and people find out and the people who are maybe on the fence who you want to sway to your side right. find out about like that but that's why i'm saying messy. set up for me how many people are on the fence yeah. that's what i'm missing i think that if i understood a little bit better how many people in the black tower were not immediately on tame side yeah then i would understand it more yeah but because it kind of seems like the only parties involved are andrel's team and tame's team right and tame's team is so large yeah, yeah, yeah. that's what i don't understand right. and that's why i wish the scale of the black tower had a little bit more to it than that okay yeah, yeah, yeah. you know what i mean yeah and i think that i would buy in a little bit more if the scale was just represented a little bit better that's all i'm saying for sure i, I does that make sense yeah no yeah. i i agree that it is hard to kind of conceptualize who is for who and and what that means for the Black Tower as a whole. Um, yeah. Yeah. 
Because I, I do like the tale of Andril against Tane. Yeah. Like, I think it that is really working for me a lot. And I think Andril is an incredible character. Yeah. I wish we, like, I wish we'd gotten more of him, honestly. Because I, I think that he's written really well. I love the exchange between him and Pavara, where she kind of, he kind of opens up just a little, not fully, but just a little, because she knows something about leatherworking. And how, like, bonding over a shared interest is what brings them a little bit closer together. And gets them to open up a bit. Like, she, yeah. like, talks about her family for the very first time. Um, and I thought it was beautiful. Yeah. Yeah. Um. So, yeah, I just, I, I think that, like, there's so much in the Black Tower that's working. Yeah. So, 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 so much. I just wish there was uh, some some more talk of scale. Yeah. That's all. Yeah. Um. It's a minor thing, but. uh, That is, uh, yeah, so they fight, uh, they take out the three, uh, and now they have them tied up with magic. Hell yeah. Yeah. <laughs> uh, chapter four, the advantages to a bond. Um, yeah, do you want to, do you want to, you said you wanted to keep it going, so do you want to? Oh, you, you did the pivot, so. Andrel is, I we're to. still with Andrel. Uh, they, uh, they're in this wine cellar or whatever, uh, and they're waiting for people to come, so they start telling, like, family stories. Yeah. Uh, is Andrew going to be somebody? Is there, like, because Andrew's like this weird, like, he's been with the sea folk, he's been cliff diving, he's been. He like, is he's from the two rivers. Jane Farstrider. <laughs> Noel comes back. Uh, yeah, Noel is actually Andrew. It does feel a little bit like they're doing Noel again with him. The whole, like, oh. bit about Noel. I, I, I didn't get that. Just, just in the. He's this older gentleman who's done a bunch of stuff with his life, who clearly is important, and like, uh, it just kind of feels like we did this with Asmodian. It is just weird to me because Andral is like from the two rivers. Andral, no. Yeah, no, he, he's not. Yeah, because he apprenticed no. in the mountains of the mist. What? No, he's not from the two rivers. That's where he grew up, the mountains of the mist. But that's not the two rivers. I mean, maybe not, but like, it is super weird. Like when when he when he name dropped the mountains of the mist, I was like, wait a second, where the f who the fuck is Andrel? He was like there for a bit. Like this guy traveled around everywhere. He helped with the revolution. He trained in the mm -hmm. mountains. Like he's 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 just kind of like a traveler. I just am like it feels like there's so there, it feels like there's a twist coming with him. And I I, I just I wonder what it has been. Hmm. It, it says Modian. Yeah. He's a great character. I, I really love him. Um, and these these stories are really interesting. Uh, and th th this one in particular where Andrew kind of reveals that his father killed himself because he could channel is just, it's devastating. But also, yeah. like, I, I feel like it's something that a Red can relate to and understand so well. Yes. It is a particular story that Pavara can kind of, it's an in for Pavara that is like a, a, such a dark and sad version of a like, oh, we're on the same page. And that it, that makes it really fantastic, like really interesting. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Uh, apparently, Andrew is from Terabon, which makes sense. Okay. Yeah. So that is uh, like just south of the two rivers, so that kind of makes sense. Um, is it? I I don't. I don't isn't it? Isn't that is. like? And the, I can never remember where anything is. Oh, no, it's just on the chicken. other side of the Mountains of Mist from the Two Rivers. Oh, gotcha. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. Cool, 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 That's cool, cool, fair, cool. that's fair. Cool. Um, yeah, I, uh, Geoscope33 says, I believe Andrel is a Brando Sand original character. It was him wanting to leave his stamp on the series. That's okay. Interesting. Okay. Uh, thank you for that super chat. 
interesting. I mean, he yeah. did. Like, I think Andrel really is... Andrel's great. Yeah, he's a really <laughs> he's interesting character. my favorite character. character right now. Yeah. Yeah, um, for sure. His perspective is one that I like really appreciate having in the series, mm-hmm. for, for sure. Um, yeah. I, I think the other reason... Yeah, yeah. I love the interrogation of, that Imarin like, puts on his like noble so era, yeah. era, era... Aura. Sorry. Um, and like is like, oh, man, I'm so sorry that you got... My, my bad. Here's some money. So, you know, I was actually playing both sides. Like, all yeah. that stuff. I was like... Jeff's kiss. So uh, good. Kevin Elsevenson, thank you for joining the NARS. Welcome to the NARS table. Uh, first book club I've been able to catch live in a very long time. I have missing you guys. We've missed you too. Not yeah. really. We've we, we, having you here. We've known, we've known that in your heart you've always been here. Yes. It's yes. never, it's, it's always felt like you were here with us. Yeah. Kevin. People don't come and go in book club. They, you know, they're, they're always here in our hearts. <laughs> uh, no, I, the, the, the interrogation and the, the, the fraud of it, I mm-hmm. thought was so well handled. It was really interesting. Uh, Imarin, like, having to like settle into the person he was growing up i just thought was a brilliant way to handle this scene for sure and it was one of the most it, like guys when i say that i really like the black tower stuff in this book so far this is one of the reasons right this sequence with Dobser and and with the the passing of the money and the way that he gets the information out of him i just thought it was brando sando really like leaning into creative storytelling around narrative yeah it felt like a dnd moment so much mm-hmm. of the like you know, like, the party wakes up the guy. You know, it's just something that you play in every D&D game at some point. <laughs> right, right, right. But he rolled really well. And, no, I fucking loved it. I, I was so on board for the um, the trickery. Yeah. Uh, Colonel Sanders, thank you for that super chat. A little behind. When Force Turning was introduced, Nerdy hated the idea. Has your opinion changed based on how they implemented it in the story? Uh, no, I, I still don't really like it. I think even Pavar brings it up. It's like, what's the fucking point if they can, like, forcefully, like, change your will? Yeah. And so I think that there has to... I think for it, for it to work for me narratively, there has to introduce um, a way to for it to be broken um, or yeah. fought in, in a way. Like, the, like the, the mind control thing, if it's just absolute and complete forever, that just kind of just sucks. It's also just that, like, I know Nynaeve is going to heal it. And I think that I've I think that Nynaeve being the, so good at healing stuff has actually become boring. Oh, because she can heal anything. Yeah, I, I think it's thing. gone. It's gone. It, it it like it's the thing of like too much cool kind of becomes lame. And Nynaeve's ability to heal has kind of gone over. If she hadn't healed Talmains, I, I don't think it would have been. Yeah, yeah. She heals. You know, she can. She heals the the um stilling or whatever, and she heals the madness. And, like, those are, like, two, like, huge... And compulsion. And... True. You yeah. know what I mean? Like, it's just... It's kind of gotten to the point where, like, oh, we we put ourselves into a problem. Nynaeve can undo it. Yeah. And so Nynaeve has become a little bit of a crutch. Also, Here's I feel thing, like ever I... since Lan left, Nynaeve hasn't been as much of a character. She's oh. been a device for things to happen. Yeah. And I'm kind of missing Nynaeve having more of the, like, interpersonal... the You know communication with people yeah whereas Nynaeve has sort of taken a backseat to Cad Swain in a way in that narrative and has just kind of become a like a tool yeah to heal people from things that shouldn't be able to be healed well and, and I, that has come a little bit just like easy for me I think that there's going to be like I, I, I think that the turning thing is actually not going to be like difficult in terms of like weaves to heal I think that probably any yellow is going to be able to to do it mm-hmm. I have a feeling that you are going to have to bring together the person who is turned with their, like, ideal vampire self 
and have them together to be able to to fix it. Like I think that there's gonna be Wait, like what? a fix. You think the Aiel vampire people come from? Yeah, they're like the turned like souls of the people who've been turned, right? They're like the the byproduct I of this chemical that. experiment. Wait, really? Yeah, I didn't get that. I'm not. I'm I not disagreeing with you. I just. I didn't get that. Vibe. I thought they were linked, and because there were three Madral and or sorry, thirteen Madral and thirteen people riding through a carriage, and he saw Isam saw them, and I thought that connection was established. I thought the turned people. I didn't get that, but you you could be right. You pick up on stuff was, that I don't that I miss all the time. I so. thought they were like the fractured soul of the person who's turned because if you take someone's like force of like if you take someone's will away from themselves, there has to be like a consequence for that. And so I feel like it's like a like a chemical reaction where you get a byproduct of something else that um, happens. Like it is literally the the extra of that process. Um, like you know, there's something left over from it. Yeah, I, if that is what it is, that is so much cooler to me than them just being Aiel who have been turned evil. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, I don't like, think I would actually turned evil. really like that. I, I would. Yeah. Because them just being reverse okay. Aiel is kind of silly. No, I don't, we take I don't our, think... We take our veils down when we're fighting. No, I like, don't okay. think they're Aiel. And I don't even think the veils come from the Aiel. I literally think it's like, uh, like an intimidation thing. That, like, I, I don't think they're related to Aiel. I just think that our first encounter with them was someone who saw them and saw the veils and immediately thought Aiel, but I don't think that they're actually connected in any way. Okay. I Is it bad that every time I think of those red veils, I can't help but think of Mortal Engines? Never seen The it. Moving City movie because of the poster was just her with her red veil. Oh, yeah, no, I know. I don't know it. Sorry. Um, all right, I, yeah, so... I'm going to have to go back and read the prologue part again, because like I said, the Assam stuff was really, really, really confusing, and so I'm not sure why I made that connection, but yeah, that's my theory, is that like... I think it's interesting. Healing the turning isn't actually going to be that difficult. The difficult part is going to be reuniting the, like, vampire thingy with its... With the... Like, it's... I don't I don't know. I, that sounds crazy, this you know is, what? This is no insane. That that sounds crazy. Never mind. I don't know. <laughs> that feels like the plot of its own book. If they actually try and reunite people with their vampire half red eye like cells, that soul, sounds so but crazy. But because their soul or their force of will has been yanked from their oh. body, it's like mm -hmm. corrupted, right? Yeah, mm -hmm. And so you have to bring them together to heal it. Okay. I'm down for it. It just that sounds like a mm. huge idea to it, play with. It does sound a little bonkers. You're right. But fun. Uh. They uh, figure out that the foundation at the back of the place is where Loghain is being held. Uh, and mm. we move over to Rand. Um, Rand is... Uh, Avienda finally gives him a break. Uh, she's just been riding him all night long. But it's literally right. what is in the book. No, That's what the book says. You're right, you're right. Tomorrow right. is the most important day in the world. And, and Avienda finally gave him enough time to go to sleep. Where he wakes up in a dream shard. Which is an another thing in Teleran Riyadh that's off Teleran Riyadh. But... There are like 90 levels to the dreams. I This this shit is like, this is, must be where Christopher Nolan got the idea for Inception. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's a dream that's hanging off and attached to the dream world, mm -hmm. but its own separate thing. Which implies that Teleran Riyadh has like borders? Yes, it does, because we've seen uh, Egwene floating through deep space. No, but that's not Teleran Riyadh. That's like a separate... The, that's what I mean. That dream has space to be is borders wild. because there's more than one place that exists. <laughs> the skets, skets, skis from Dark Crystal. Yes, exactly. 
Uh, and, um, oh, we never even talked about the coolest part of the fucking um, Dark Friend Social at the beginning of the book, which is all the people in the water underneath that are being, like, pulled into something. Like, that was fucking cool. Oh, the, the, Yeah, we were so distracted by the high school petty bullshit Utterly that we missed horrifying. how wonderful the yes. description of the space was. Yeah. Um, yeah. Rand is in a dream shard, and he's talking with Morden, uh, and Morden kind of, like, gives up a bunch of information uh, about Sindane, uh, about how Lancer well, hates him now. Because Rand is, gives away that she came to meet him in, mm-hmm. in a dream, and he's, like, mad at it. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but Morden just, like, loves telling Rand things that Rand didn't previously know that could have been used you by Morden. You caught me monologuing. <laughs> but oh, now yeah. Rand is, like, now when Rand hears Sindane, he's gonna be like, oh, that's Landfear? And, like, Morden is like, I don't want the element of surprise. Here, I will tell you my secrets. Yeah, I want to beat you with brute force. Surprise is for schmucks. But this conversation is fucking great. Oh, the It com- is yeah. so good. Yeah. I am so glad Avienda was satiated for five minutes so that we could have it. Uh, while her first sister is fucking weeping over her burning city. Yeah. Uh, sorry, I can't let go of it. It's so weird to me. Uh, the, um... The moment of, like, you need to win because the Dark One will never let you go is... I was like, oh, my God. Yeah. Oh. That's so, that was some hefty stuff. It was so alright. And then Rand scares the shit out of him because he just, like, takes control of his, like, dream charge. Mm-hmm. He's like, ooh, look what I can do. Oh, and also they're like, wait, were those things you pulled us into in book one, dream shards as well? And Morden's like, Morden's like, I don't know. Maybe. I'm not going to tell you. Yeah. I thought that was very funny. Keep your secrets. Yeah, it was great. But like, also, like, Morden knows that Rand has loose his memories now, and he's still trying to be like, sneaky, sneaky. And I'm like, why? Well, that's why you like gave shit away. Because he's like, ah, fuck it. I'm You're on the same page. Pummel this guy into the ground. Uh, no, but I honestly, this scene was great. I like. I wish more of the opening of this book felt more like this. Really tight, concise writing. Like these character interactions that I feel like are very strong. Uh huh. Rand's realization of like, oh, you hate yourself. Yeah. You don't want to be evil. Yeah. You just literally don't have a choice. You're oh, dude. Like Rand almost feels bad for Morden here, and that is the best part of it. Yeah. And it works. So well. Yeah. It is like it's a the pity. Yeah. That he does that he can't stand. Yeah. And that he scares Morden away. It's like kind of like, oh, the big bad is scared of Rand. When he's like yeah. and Morden's like, oh, you think your silly little trick on Weramon is gonna work? And and I, I still don't understand what like like the trick of like Rand to figured the out who the dark friends were in yeah. that line because of who got scared when he started talking about knowing who the dark friends were. Yeah. 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 yeah, yeah. He's like, oh, listening to heartbeats isn't that cool, and I was like, oh yeah, that is like less like cool, but it actually makes sense. It isn't about how you do it though; it's about how you convince them that you did it, exactly. and that's why it's still a great moment for Rand. Exactly. Like the simpler the solution, but the more you sell how simple the solution is. Fantastic, right? right? Chef's kiss. And Rand does such a good job in that scene of that. Absolutely. Uh, so yeah, he scares the shit out of uh, Morden. Uh, and Morden runs away like a little uh, crybaby because the villains in this st- series are children. Um, they are teenagers fighting against a uh, 400-year-old god. Who uh, hate themselves and got themselves into a terrible situation and can't do anything about it. It should be the other way around. What? Like, the dark one... Should be the like oppressive force, uh-huh. and Rand should be it's, the David and Goliath of this moment is so strange to me because Rand is Goliath and Morden <laughs> is David. Yeah, 
And like they flipped it on its head, but there's not a lot of tension because Rand is Goliath. Well, but it's also in a dream, so it doesn't matter. So I thought it was kind of cool because it just allowed this vulnerability and conversation to have. And, yeah, and, and it's and, a great conversation. And yeah. flesh out like the villains, you know, and flesh out Morden a little more. I thought it was cool. Right, but they fleshed him out by giving Rand power over him. Yeah. Which is, again, not what I want to see. I thought that I mean? was great. It would be, it, 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 it is because Mahale and Demandred maybe are scary, but like Moradin is inherently not a threat right now. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Yeah. And I want him to be. I, I really, I really want him to be a threat. Uh-huh. So bad. Yep. You want these books to be something they're not. I know. And I think that that's the problem is like, I just want, I, I yeah, I, I think that's it. I think it, the problem that's is okay. that what I want from these books, I'm not getting. Yeah, that's, that's fair. And that is like, you know, like adult relationships where like you show up for your partner when they're sad. Yeah, you know, good Where things. you tell the person like who impregnated you that you're pregnant at some point in the first seven months of your fucking pregnancy. Yeah. I'm sorry, I need I need to stop. I need to stop. I just, I'm losing, this series is making me lose my mind over some of the, like, weirdest shit I've ever experienced in a novel ever. Mm-hmm. Uh, Pavara I, is people, at the Black Tower. Yeah, yeah we're moving on. Pavara yeah, and... You uh, said everything you need to say about it. They go and rescue Loghain. Um, and uh, they kill a couple of people. And Pavara's like, oh, wow, they go lethal first. I never would have expected that. Um, oh, no, she's like, oh, yeah, these people are weapons. Yeah. Like, it's it's a, it's a strong realization for her. Mm-hmm. Um, especially because Pavara, like, can't, like, you know, she believes that they're dark friends and stuff, so she can't attack, so it's no, like, problem. But, um, the yeah, the lethal attack first, not super... Uh, Feel like yeah, not not common for Pavara. Even the men who can channel, they try and capture and gentle before they yeah. kill them, which still kills them. What she says, uh, but yeah, it makes the initial interactions uh, much different for these people. Yeah, a yeah. thousand percent. Uh, they uh, they they break in, they do some damage, they're mm-hmm. fucking papa powing. It's really great. Pavara and the uh, the uh, Ashaman working together here, and like being careful about like attacking strategically using just enough. Uh, of the power that people will feel that power was used, but not enough that it like raises alarm bells in the Black Tower. And it's also so quick. Yeah, and like the the like negotiating of that, I think was really interesting, and I yeah. thought was really well handled. Yeah, for sure. Um, I it re- like this was really cool, and they find Loghain, uh and then Tame shows up and collapses the roof on them, so they failed. Maybe. Yeah, I don't know how they're. I don't. I. I yeah. I know how. What how circle? What? Circle. Yeah. Andrel. Loghain, Pavara, boom, they're going to fucking get out of there. You think they're, they're going to be stronger than Mihail? No, I think they're going to escape. Oh, but okay. I think that if Loga- with, Loga- with the, with the amount of power that Loghain can bring and with uh, Pavara, because they, they deliberately said two guys, one girl, and that's never happened in the whole series. So it's being brought um, in, it, it's being mentioned here and brought in so that when Loghain and Andrel and Pavar are linked, he's going to have enough power to break the ward that's stopping them from traveling. Or the dream shard was stabbed upstairs and it just fell into their laps. No, because that's in the Teleran Riyadh. So like some, you know what I mean? Okay, never mind. Oh, wait. Yeah, I don't know if a circle would make them powerful enough to get through the dream shard, though. Well, but here's the thing. If they get knocked out from the roof collapsing and they go into Teleran Riyadh and they find the, the spike. And are just really good at it really fast. That's true. I don't know if any of them have ever None been None of them have literally ever been. Yeah. I don't know. Hey, I right. thought they were going to get away. They did. They really didn't get away. They did not and get so away. And so it's it's interesting. I 
I did not expect for Tame to get them. And now I'm, like, so worried for them. Me too. It is interesting that this is called, like, the, the advantages to a bond. I, I don't, like... I, I get that, like, they communicate through the bond a little bit in this, but it didn't yeah. seem like the bond gave them that many advantages in No, this. they were just able to t talk without speaking out loud, which, like, is cool, but I, I didn't really understand the chapter title either. Yeah, we've I'm also... Like, okay. I, have we ever seen characters, like, communicate with language through their bond? No, just, like, feelings. I they know. They send strong feelings. And so it, it is another, it is another, like, new thing. Yeah. Right at the end. Yeah. And I think that it is a, I think that it's only because of the double bond, right? Yeah. I think that a yeah, single yeah, yeah. bond. No one's ever been double bonded before. Right. Yeah. Yeah. So they got to Double bondage out. across the sky. Du yeah. Mm -hmm. yeah. Hot. It was uh, just interesting. I, this chapter I was like, cause I, the whole time I was like reading it and like interested cause I think it, this chapter is great. I think chapter four is very strong all the way through. Mm -hmm. uh, but the whole time I was kind of like, have we, we, we haven't seen this before. Right. And I don't think we have. I think it's the double bond thing. Um, yeah, Definitely. Yeah. Yeah. And so, yeah, they're, they're, that's the last we're going to see of them this week. So we'll come back Ooh. next week with more Angel and Pavara. Interesting. I wonder how the double bond is going to affect their circle. Because maybe that is how they get out. Maybe. Um, I don't know. Because it, it, like, adds something to it. Um, and then they add Loghain's power. Well, I don't know. Loghain seems pretty weak, and he's got the T. So I, I actually the think... T? Yeah, they've been, he's been given four proof. I fucking missed that. Yeah, yeah. He was he was given four fruit. Um, Interesting. Yeah. Yep. So uh, I thought all the four fruit was used to flood the fucking lake. All the four fruit in the world. No, that was it like felt weeks. like it. That was weeks hey, ago. Hey, do you have twelve you tons of four fruit? There's actually plenty of plants growing in Ranland right now. You know. Yeah, so many plants. A place notorious for plants. Yeah, yeah, yeah. What are people eating? Don't don't ask. Don't don't worry about don't it. Don't worry about it. There's no fucking grass. food. They eating the grass that Rand is currently standing on because it turns green. That there's literally a limit on how many more days the series can go because there's nothing for anyone to fucking eat. They need food. Girls gotta eat. The the honestly, the shadow is gonna win just because the fucking humans are all gonna be too weak to lift their swords by the time they actually fight anybody. They don't have any calories to ingest. Uh, so uh, we're with Rand. He wakes up and Avienda's like, okay, you're going to the meeting. I need a boon from you. Rand magically showers them off with mist in what is like one of the like... <laughs> it was hot. It made me think of like the Barbie shower. Because it's like... There's no water? No, no, no. He just is like... Blah, 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 and it just felt... It, <laughs> This felt very anime-y to me. And, yeah. like, the smoke, they're, they're fully nude in the scene, but the smoke is covering their bits. So it's, like, the, like, anime sauna uh, scenes. Yeah, 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 yeah. That's fair, that's fair. Um, And she's like, oh, you're so foolish for... Washing me. Washing me quickly with magic. And he's like, sure, foolish, cool. We're clean now. Uh, and she's it. like, I will require a boon of you. And he's like, what boon? She's like, can't tell you. Don't worry about it. Yeah, and he's like, all right, all right cool. cool. Great. That sounds rad. Uh, yeah. Uh, and then we cut over to Egwene. Egwene is in uh, the White Tower. Uh, she dreams about the world cracking. Uh, and as she's trying to tie it together with cords. Um, what do you think this dream means? I think this is like the seals breaking and her trying to like mend it with cords and it's not holding together like it costs too much i think the cords are all of the people she's bringing to the meeting to try and keep things together not realizing that it, it has to break mm. 
that was kind of my reading of it. Was okay. that like all of these cords she's tying around are like the different kings she's bringing to disagree with Rand. But the, 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 the globe is already shattered and she's just like not acknowledging that. That makes sense kind of because she's, she, there's like a f- pillar of glass mm-hmm. which might be tying into Avienda going through Ruridian again. So Yeah. Uh, she wakes up and Gawain's there uh, reading about Camelin and she's like, why are you reading my mail? And he's like, it wasn't sealed. It wasn't sealed and it's my home. And she's like, yeah, you, that's fine. Yeah. <laughs> you know what? Actually, it you would be really awful of me for me to expect you to sit there while there's news about your fucking house on the table and for you to just like not read that. Yeah. Because we're in a relationship. Yeah. And they're like, oh shit, the meeting starts in 30 minutes. Let's go. And then they yeah. speed run. How away. the fuck did that happen? I don't know. Did, Doesn't matter. They have clocks. Doesn't matter. Gawain. Don't worry about it. Gawain has time blindness confirmed. No, he was reading the thing and it, it's he, they are like, oh, it's in 30 minutes. It's on the letter. So he was just in the middle of reading it. He hadn't gotten to that part yet. Yeah. Because it's supposed to go to Egwene's tent, right? But Egwene is in the White Tower, so they had to get it from her tent to the White Tower for her to get it, so. Yeah, no, it's just so funny to me that, like, there's no way she's ready in 30 minutes. (sighs) She's got maids and prestidigitation, you know? True. True, 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 true. You just, oh, I'm clean. Uh, And so the meeting begins... Uh, everyone shows up. Rodrin shows up. They have the moment we talked about earlier where he's like, you're not, Demandred. Uh, and... It's still very confusing. As, as they walk, Rand, watch Rand kind of show up to this meeting, the grass around him gets greener. Uh, cause he is Jesus. Um... Yes. And so, he's like, you can all bring five people. This tent must be huge. Yeah, if each, uh, Yule Clan brings five people, that's like... That's like a, a hundred people. people. Jesus Christ. We can't do math. <laughs> it's like 55 people. We're bisexual. Cause I think there's only fine. 11... Clans left, right? I don't actually know or how 12. many Why isn't there 13 in the Shida left? So it would be 60 people? doesn't matter. I don't know. Uh, what matters is that Rand makes three demands of the people. Demand number one, peace. Demand number two, uh, that he... No, wait. Demand number two... Demand number three is that he leads. What's demand number two? Demand oh, number that, two. Oh, that the seals get broken. Oh, demand. Oh, I was like, what are you saying? And what begins, like, demand? What begins is weeks of negotiations... That they handle in about 25 minutes. Yeah, it was great. Honestly, we love speedrunning negotiations. I was, um, I was both pleased with it and also like, how fast are these clerks writing? These poor clerks. There's, good thing there's a bunch of them. Do so, you, okay, my question to you is, mm-hmm. do you think that Rand put enough effort into his initial proposal? Yeah. Really? Yeah, look, here's the thing. The reason that a person has advisors is because you cannot factor in everything yourself. Like, mm, okay. th- there, there are yeah. a lot of people who have good ideas, and those good ideas come to fruition because they have people to bounce them off of, right? And I don't think that Rand has brought this to people because it's meant to be a surprise, and he, I don't know if he, like, trusts anyone to keep it a secret. And so I think that he put in as much thought as he could and that when you are the one with an idea, sometimes there are blind corners that you miss. And that's why collaborative efforts usually work out the best. When you have yeah. differences of opinion who all come together to figure stuff out, which is what happens in the scene. I think he, he put a lot of work into this initial thing, but he is one person with one single perspective and and that is usually what leads to the downfalls of, of uh, whether it's projects or negotiations or mm-hmm. whatever the hell it is. You need a team. It takes a village, you know? I guess I guess in my mind, I because everyone kind of brings up problems very quickly that I think are very obvious. 
They're obvious and to us from the outside, but we're not the person who is going to go die and sacrifice ourselves, leaving everything behind and desperately, desperately trying to leave behind a better world. I agree with that. I'm saying that, like, the perspective that I have is, like, I feel like Rand should have brought in advisors. And I guess maybe he couldn't, but it just seems like now is a little bit late because the... I, I'm glad the book speed runs through solving the issues because yeah. I don't, I didn't want to read chapters and chapters of negotiations. No, I think it was handled really well. But at the same time, I also feel like realistically, the amount of time it would have taken to implement the language of what these changes are would have been like weeks. Well, in by our standard society, because there's all like there's laws and shit around legally binding contracts and blah blah blah. They but, don't but, have but, any of that bullshit. No, but they do, right? There's like multiple clerks trying to write out what they're talking about, and in a clear and concise way. But there's no like like statute, like there, you know, like lawyers have to pardon me, use specific language and they've deliberately used language that is confusing so that people can find loopholes and that things are not solid, right? That they, they're not trying to do any of that. They're trying to be as clear and concise as possible. And so they don't have to worry about all the fucking loophole workarounds. I think that one of my concerns is that adding addendums quickly leads to like maybe not thinking out all the consequences of those addendums. Maybe. And like, I, I, you know, I feel they like gotta, they got to work fast. They don't have a choice. No, I no, I and I know they don't. I I just it felt like it moved. It felt like the negotiations moved a little bit quickly, and like one of the questions, huh. one of the big questions that I had that the chapter didn't introduce that I thought it was going to is where are the Aiel going to live if they are going to be the police of the world, and like the, the yeah. they don't get into like the fact that they're like oh yeah we'll just go to the Aiel, but the Aiel like one of the big questions I had coming out of this negotiation is. Okay, but like, where where are the Aiel in this? Mm -hmm. And like, so so there's there's a they lot. They have of... a role, but they don't have a home. Yes. Yeah. And that is going to be a problem. Yeah. And so there, there's this element of like Rand is rushing this negotiation, mm -hmm. and I feel like he's missing some of the key components of how it's going to work. Yeah. And I just I I found that very interesting. Mm -hmm. Um, but at the same and I liked this. I actually really did. Uh, I I liked the way the scene was handled. I thought. All of the characters brought their points of view really well, except Elaine, who I, I I was a little bit frustrated with how she presented herself in this. Yeah. Um, especially in her relationship to Rand and her relationship to Egwene, I feel like she kind of got shuttled into this weird like. Everyone is looking at her for how she's responding to things, and I didn't really get what she actually thought of anything. Yeah. Um. And and, and yeah, and that's the tough thing of like perspectives, and they they couldn't have gotten into everybody's point of view. I just thought Elaine should have been centered a little bit more in this in a way that. She was kind of only centered in people wondering if her relationship to Rand was affecting her. Yeah, I honestly didn't really give a shit about Elaine in this scene. I thought the uh, relationship between Egwene and Rand was really fascinating because they both actually made good points. Like, Egwene's yeah, points actually made a lot of sense. And if you're going to break them, it doesn't need to be today, right? Like, I was like, oh, well, yeah, duh. Like, you want to break it at the moment where you, you, like, strategically can use that surprise to your advantage, right? Oh, I was so happy that Egwene had was... Had reasonings? Well, had reasonings and also was flexible. Yeah. Like, one of the things I really want to commend Egwene's characterization in the scene on is that I was really scared. I was kind of scared when she became the Amherst seat that she was going to be this, like, brick wall in Rand's way. Mm -hmm. And despite the fact that it seemed like she was going to be that for a while, in the moment where 
people like bring her reasonable requests and reasonable arguments, she is flexible. Which we're gonna get to because fucking Moraine shows up. Yeah, who walks in the door when it all seems lost, when it does seem like it's falling apart because everyone is like, hey, there's some big problems with this document. Some tension. We get to our final chapter of the week, which is... Moraine. Moraine. Uh, she's, uh, she's great. I, I was like, oh my God, we're reading chapter six, right? Cause I was like, I can't yes. stop right now. It would have, guys, if you had ended us on chapter five for the split, I would have been, been very rude. mad. That would have been so fucking But rude. I understand why we ended at the end of chapter six. I will say there was a period of this podcast at the beginning where I said, oh, hey, this takes a lot from Lord of the Rings. And then there was a period where it was like, oh, it kind of got away from the Lord of the Rings. And then, uh, this book is the two towers. Uh, and what? yes, this is 1000% why? the two towers. Why? Because Gandalf the White shows up, convinces everyone to go to war, and then they go and save land by charging in at the last minute. It is the two towers. It is the dawn of the fifth day, and they use portals to do it instead of just coming down the fucking hill. Oh, so you're saying that... that Mor no, because Moraine doesn't convince them. Moraine is already there. Rand is like, we have a friend to go help. I'm it's saying not that Moraine, Moraine shows up just in time uh -huh. to get all of the negotiations into the right place so that they can get the army of horses into the battle at the right time to sure. ride at the last second. Sure, whatever you say. If Moraine hadn't shown up, they would have argued for another hour, shown up, and Land would have been fucking dead. Probably. Moraine shows up, Gandalf the White's that shit, and then they show up at the last second to save the day. It is yeah, the but fucking Gandalf, two towers. Gandalf had a schedule to upkeep, you know what I mean? Sure, sure, sure. I'm just saying, this was the two towers. Uh -huh. that's, not a, this, that's not a bad thing, because it's great. This, mm -hmm. Chapter six, fantastic. The way Moraine walks around the room, fucking bringing up all of the different pieces she of the prophecy. She just recites the full Corinthian, like, however you pronounce it, and is like, boom, boom, boom. And everyone, and she's like, Moraine is like, lawyered. And everyone's like, <laughs> yeah, okay, shit, you're right. Like, Here's what I'll say about the reading this week. First half of the prologue, didn't love it. Second half of the prologue, loved it. First half of the chapters, one, two, three, didn't love it. Second half of the chapters, four, five, six, loved it. And that is how I feel about the reading this week. Fair. 50% of it, I think, is fucking 10 out of 10 Wheel of Time shit, and the other is 6 out of 10 Wheel of Time shit. Okay, 6 out of 10 still ain't You know bad. what I mean? And yeah. then the, there's some stuff that's lower, but, like, that's just because it's weird for me. And, like, it that... might not touch people the same way. Yeah. But chapters 4, 5, 6, bangers. Yeah. Other than Randon, Avienda's sex, which I still feel like could have happened at a different time in the night. Yeah. The banging stuff. This, yeah. this The meeting was great. The Moraine's moments in this meeting... So good. Mm -hmm. I really appreciated her telling all of the Corinthian cycle in order. <laughs> she is the sole person who has studied it her entire life. Mm -hmm. Like, it felt like it was, like, her, like, purpose for, like, existing in this world. Because mm -hmm. people people all do seem to exist for a purpose, right? And she, like, has hers. And it's because she knows this shit better than anybody alive. And, you know, not saying that her interpretations of it are law, but they do seem to conveniently fit into exactly what needs to happen to move this thing forward. And so everyone kind of comes together and is like, oh, shit, yeah, I think you might be right. Yeah. You know, this shit's going to fall apart. People have to do this, blah, 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 blah. It all kind of comes together in a poetic way. Um, and I, I, I really thought, I thought it was cool that Maureen got to have that moment, you know? And I thought that Rand and her had that moment. And then Fahil's like, no, Perrin. Because Rand is like, oh, like, it, yeah. I have a question for you. Uh-huh. Where do you think Matt is? And is, why isn't he there? I think, I think he's on his way to Tuon. And that's going to be the reason that Rand gets her to sign. 
No, no, but like... Thing. No, no, I just didn't think about Tuan. That we still have to deal with her. Yes, we still have to deal with Tuan. Let's get into the thing that I hated. Wait, what? Are we moving on? Nope, it's in this. Okay, because there's also a thing that bothers me. Um... They have done horrible things, Rand said, but so far, the lands they have taken have benefited from strong leadership. If forced to it, I am content to allow them the lands they have so long as they do not spread further. As for the women, what is done is done. Let us worry about the world itself first, then do what we can for those held captive. Rand, if you want peace, if you want peace, you are going to have to free those women because nobody is going to accept your peace if their fucking wives, daughters, and sisters are being held as slaves. Yeah. Yeah. Well, and that's what it's that's like, what it's happens. It's missing the whole fucking point. No, no, point. but that is what happens in the future of Yanda Seas. It is exactly that. And so it is Rand falling into this trap. And, like, us as the readers, we're like, no, Rand, no, no, because we know what happens. If, like, if, yeah, if they don't, like, get those women back, if they can't figure out a way to to end slavery. I just, like, I don't, I don't know how the book wants me to feel about Randall Moore, the protagonist of the series. Althor. Oh, my God. Althor, the protagonist of the series, saying, the people there are benefiting from slavery. It's fucking Prager U bullshit where Frederick Douglass in that video is voiced by a white man saying, yeah, but the slaves, the, the, the founding fathers of America had to accept slavery because they knew that if they wanted to build America, that the southern states needed to have the economic advantage. Like it is, it, I, it, that, that paragraph to me is so insane to write. It is like slavery apologism at a level that I don't think you should put into a novel. And I did not like it. And it, I like when I say there's a couple things in this that made me not like the reading this week, even though I do think the chapters have some 10 out of 10 stuff. This was the paragraph where I put the book down and went, fuck, fuck, don't have my main character who is supposed to be at the end of his learned life. Like, you know what I mean? He's at the end of end his, of his arc. arc. Go, ah, there's not a, yeah, no, we'll, we'll, do, we'll, get, we'll get to the slaver if we can. Here's the thing. I understand Rand being like, the devil comes first. Mm-hmm. And then we don't take, we don't take this shit. You know what I mean? If he's like, look, th this has to come first and foremost, and then we will get these people back. It's the fact that he's so nonchalant about it. He's like, yeah, I mean, uh, sucks to suck, I guess. Like. But, but it is the, the, but so far the lands they have taken have benefited from strong leadership. If forced to it, I'm content to allow them the lands they have is insane to me. The land they have? okay fine whatever they've already like integrated those brewers and people like whatever the land mm -hmm. fine the people yeah no fuck that fuck yeah. that nicholas cardio says peace <sighs> equals compromise that is not true no. <laughs> i'm so sorry that is not true peace is not compromise unfortunately peace is a one party being dominant and being kind about it uh <laughs> i'm sorry well yeah 
<laughs> compromise uh, tends to uh, to compromise falls apart 100% of the time and leads to war. Do you not know how we know this? Because human beings have never not been at war. We're at war every 20 years with somebody. It keeps happening. There's no compromise. Compromise doesn't work because we get mad at each other eventually we go to war. Compromising with the Sanchin leads to war. And it is the idea that Rand is saying he's going to get the Sanchin to sign this document but not get the women back and that everyone else will remain okay with the fact that their women are slaves forever and that they won't... That is not compromise. That is insanity. Rand is setting himself up to fail here. And there's no world, there is not a single fucking world in which Rand's peace lasts if the Sanchin have slaves. It, that that's not how life works and it has never worked in human history and that's why i think that matt is on his way to Tuan. uh like i think that there's going to be a kind of almost similar scene with negotiations and like figuring shit out um but i, I think that yeah matt is headed exactly where he needs to be uh for for the world to be healed once the dark one is dealt with i just um, i have such a you know. i have such a huge problem with the language of the lands, the people of those lands have benefited from strong leadership. And it's like, yes, the benefits of slavery are obvious. <laughs> There's, but that doesn't make the slavery okay. Yeah. Like, it is, it is the most unhinged fucking apologistic language coming from who is supposed to be our main character. And it's so disappointing. And I like, I, I, it was another moment. I put the book down for a second and was like, I have to finish the reading because I have to go to bed before book club tomorrow. But yeah, I yeah. just, I have a real problem with the, with the way that Rand is being handled here. And I don't know what to do about it Yeah, because if this series ends with Rand being like, we're going to have peace, but we're going to accept the slavery. I will, I will never read the wheel of time again. Yeah. If yeah. that, if that is, if that is the button at the end of this series is that Rand accepts slavery so that they can have peace, mm -hmm. I will put the series down and I will never open it again because that is garbage. It's a garbage ending yeah. that we should not accept. Yeah. 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 No, I... Colonel uh, Sanders says they I have agree. benefited from leadership, not slavery, per Rand. Colonel Sanders, that's the same, what are you talking that's about? That's the exact same the thing. The leadership is strong because they don't have to pay their workers. Yeah, because they have slaves. That's why, they're, that's why they have strong leadership. They have literal war machine slaves. The, the, the strong leadership benefit. in this instance is women who wear collars and are forced to enforce the laws of the land, but are, are slaves. That, yeah. that is what the leadership is. And also, like, slaves who are, like, indebted in, like, the military and who have to go die. Like, it's just, like, like the, like the Sanchin have, like, so many different forms of, of slavery in their culture that, like, you literally cannot separate them. So it if doesn't matter. If you fuck matter. up, social, if you make a social faux pas in the Sanchin, you become a Dakoval. Yep. Like, it's an insane level of slavery. Yeah. I just, and I, Rand being like, well, they've benefited from strong leadership to me is like the most unhinged right-wing talking point trying to apologize for slavery. And I don't think that Brandon Sanderson is intentionally doing that. I don't think Robert Jordan is intentionally doing that. I think that this is a faux pas mm -hmm. that they have made. I think that this is a mistake that is not an intentional thing. But I think that to divorce the leadership of the Sanchin from their slavery yeah. is I, I kind think, of crazy. I think the language is extremely poor and not well thought out at all because, yeah, that is kind of what it implies. When you leave the wiggle room for people to be able to have these, like, arguments about it, yes. you are you were not clear enough. 
these are these are the kinds of things that like are so real and in our our it, like it, it, in our world as a whole that you they do need to be handled with care yeah um and this was not handled with care i don't think it ever was um, i don't think the i don't think the slavery no, element of the sanction has ever been handled well no we we and we've had that conversation several times but this is just kind of another instance of that and the fact that rand is like yeah i mean afterwards like maybe we'll try and figure something out you know like he's supposed to be our hero and i understand the needing to deal with the dark one first but that does absolutely not excuse just letting the Sanchin take and keep slaves because eh, maybe we'll get to it. You know, doesn't work for me. Uh, Skip Platt says we are much more aware of the nuances now than when it was written. This book is from 2010. What? What? Yeah. This book isn't from 1945. Yeah. This book is from 50 years after Martin Luther King was shot. What are you talking about? Yeah. It's 2010, right? When? When did this book come out? Um, somewhere around there. Um, Guys, this book is a decade old. We didn't we didn't discover slavery was bad in 2020. Some people. Uh, 2012? 2012! Guys, I was in college. <laughs> I was in college taking a class about slavery at the time. I, I, the things that I'm saying now, I didn't learn in the last couple of years. I, I was learning from a textbook that was 15 years old, 10 yeah. years ago. Like... I'm yep. sorry, but like <laughs> the, the the way slavery's been handled in this series is not good, and yeah. it is apologistic in nature, and it's very problematic. And I hope that the rest of the books handles it in, in, a, in a way that that washes this taste out of my mouth. I really do. The way that Rand's written in this moment does not give me hope. Yeah. And I'm sorry, but the idea that Rand is going to get the Sanchin to sign the paper, but keep the slaves, and they'll deal with the slaves with a different paper after is is dumb it, it makes rand's whole paper toothless and pointless because there is no peace while the sanchin have slaves mm -hmm. there just isn't yeah. right the the Aiel are not going to accept that just because a peep of paper says that they have to yeah and if rand isn't around to fight the sanchin after and they don't have the power the the, the sanchin will sign the piece of paper and then who gives a fuck if they can overpower the Aiel, then the police system that Rand is implementing doesn't work. And then everyone in this tent is just like, okay with it, right? Like, Egwene knows that a bunch of her channelers were stolen from the White Tower and are slaves of the Sanchen. I don't buy that Egwene is like, oh yeah, we'll worry about them later. Too bad, so sad for them. Like, I just, I don't buy that, especially because Egwene had a collar on her. Yeah. Mm -hmm. At one point. Like, I just, that she, yeah. That that moment is kind of just like uh, whatever glazed over in this scene, uh, I think really does a disservice to it. The, the one thing that I, like, also didn't love about the scene is that, like, the way that, the way that it's set up, it's implied that in the version of the future that Avienda sees, the Aiel never read this paper. Yeah, they did. They're just not on it. No, no, no. But I'm saying, like, here's the thing. Here's the thing. All the Aiel are in agreement that it is toe for them to... Like, Rand has toe if they're not included in this paper. And so you're saying that in the future version that Avienda saw, none of the Aiel bothered to read it to see if they were on there and they were all just, like, fine with it? Like, like no, I think the, that the way that they behave in mm -hmm. this moment is, like, Rand insults us by not including us on this paper. Now, there is the added layer of knowing the future and the wise one standing up with Avienda, but even Ruark is like, yeah, we need to, like, it is rude for you to not include us. And so I don't, 
uh, unfortunately, I'm sorry, I don't really buy into this version of the future that it played out like this. That, that, that Avienda didn't read it. None of the IEL read it. None of them signed it. They all were like, yeah, no, fuck it. We don't need to be a part of it. Like, they all agree that Rand has toe towards them because they're not on the paper. There's no fucking way nobody didn't say anything. Because here's only mm-hmm. the wise ones know about the future thing. Rurark and the other clan chiefs, they don't know. Yeah, they, they but they buy, in, they buy it immediately. Yeah, yeah, they're like, yeah, th- that's that. so rude. Why would we not be included? And so the fact that, like, it didn't play out like that and obvious, like, I just I just don't buy it. I think it's, like, a little bit hmm. weak, to be honest, that it's just that they needed to be included in this paper because there's no fucking way that the IEL would be left out in any version of the future. I, w- I, wonder, if in the, I wonder if in that version of the future, though, they didn't know and Rand died. And so he just wasn't around. To, for them to be mad at him. And so the next generation had but moved on. the paper is in that room and nobody asks the Aiel to sign it. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. But, like, they might have just been mad at... But they've been mad at Rand for books, right? Sure. Yeah. Um, there, there, uh, Seamus O'Toole brings up an interesting thought. Like, I've always thought this acceptance of Sanchez slavery was akin to the Allies accepting the USSR assistance in exchange for Eastern Europe in World War II. I, I can see some parallels there. Um, I, I think that, like... The, the, the problem with it is that the USSR didn't uh, invade America or even, like, invade Europe and take a bunch of European slaves and then keep them as slaves. Like, you know no, what I, I just, mean? Yeah, I can't see them letting that happen. Like, the the, the difference here is that the USSR it wasn't holding... And, and also, we did go to war with the USSR for, like, the next... We, the Cold War was, like, 50 years. Yeah, <laughs> here, much. Yeah. Here, here's my problem with it. If you're going to use that as a comparison, then Rand has to accept that the future of the world that he's leaving behind is the Cold War. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, it's not like World War II ended and then the USSR and the Allies were great, right? Shit was really bad for a long time. Duck and cover was a thing. Yeah, it was not a good time. Like, it didn't work out for anybody. So... But but, but that's... The, and so, like, I, I think that if, if you're trying to use this as a reason why the peace could work... The, the, the Cold War was 50 years of really badness. And then look at where we are right now. Like, yeah, <laughs> I, shit I'm just saying, still sucks. if you want to use that analogy, then you have to use the analogy of, and also it led to a lot of war and it led to international conflicts uh, between the USSR and the United States in a variety of proxy wars. And that we are currently right now have Russia in a war with an ally of the United States. So the idea that that could lead to peace we know is not true. And we knew in 2012 that it wasn't true because the USSR's involvement in World War II did end the Nazi regime a thousand percent. And then there was a lot of problems. And then there were issues. Yeah. Like it's, it's not like that was a clean ending that led to peace. Yeah. And so I I think that like, my point is that I don't know. I don't know. I, it's also just, it's the USSR didn't, wasn't like occupying, I guess. Yeah. Poland, like it's complicated, but yeah, I, it I just, is. Yeah, it I don't is know. incredibly complicated. We're just saying that the language that Rand uses in this scene is like kind of gross and yeah. doesn't mm-hmm. feel like it's handled very well because he's like, oh, well, you know, the Sanchin, I guess, are taking care of their people, so I guess it's not that bad. Like, that just feels very apologist and icky, right? And Rand is supposed to be our hero. Rand is now Jesus Christ, in like, a, as a human being. Yeah. And, and so uh, having your Jesus character say things like that, um, doesn't really sit right. Like, that's, mm-hmm. like, that's, like, n- n- not great. It's not great. doesn't feel great. 
Uh, and the yeah. fact that every other person in this meeting doesn't say anything. It's not an issue. They're all just like, oh, yeah, totally fine. Like, I also, someone should have had something to say. And it should have been Egwene. I also think that I find it very interesting that this series is so toothless towards its characters, but is willing to be like, but is willing to have so much slavery. And there's there's a lot of people who defend the series as being like, yeah, but the slavery is realistic. And I'm like, yeah, but the character surviving all the war scenes isn't. So if we're going to have magical fantasy that is like literally incapable of allowing its characters to lose fights, why is our magical fantasy that is fun for the main characters who get to do all these big battles mm -hmm. also so dredged down by slavery? If you want this to be a grim, dark series with the slavery being very realistic, then you kind of have to give that to the main characters as well. Mm -hmm. But I think that my, I think that maybe part of the problem I have with what the Wheel of Time does is that it has the background stuff be all grim, dark, and very bad and awful all the time. But the foreground stuff is all very positive, and nobody's ever really hurt, and our characters always win, and the villains are egotistical idiots. Yeah. And like the the disparity of those two things feels off to me. Right. Yeah. And, like, I think that maybe if our main characters felt more of the negativity of the world, then when it brings in, like, the slavery in the background, it wouldn't be so much a, like, in the background, everything's awful, but our main characters were fucking like crazy last night. Yeah. You know what I mean? And, and I think that that's where this is getting weird and where it feels a little bit off, uh -huh. is that it wants and to also, have that, but it doesn't want to put its main characters in danger ever. And also, I'm sorry, Elaine's joke felt, like, weirdly out of place. Which joke? She's like, oh, yes, welcome to the meeting. Try the soup or whatever. I was like, where the fuck did that come from? Yeah, she's sassy now because she had to, like, feel her lovers having sex I while guess. she was watching her house burn. That joke just felt, like, so out of context in this series. Like, I was like, I, where, what? The, where the fuck did that come from? Because, like, I've never seen Elaine kind of have that sense of humor in such yeah. a, like, modern, like, 20... 20s colloquial way like it it yeah that one was really strange to me uh glenn peterson thank you for that super chat thank you for the super chat i think rand's train of thought is that the best he can do to pre is prevent more channelers from being enslaved then be honest about that yeah that it's, it's, it's it is his phrasing of it yes. which which makes it uh i think uh poor it, yes it is the difference between rand saying everything about i hate everything about them and i literally cannot do anything about it right now and him saying the people of the Sanjin have benefited under their strong leadership that is the difference right yeah and it is the language that specifically that i have a problem with here yeah it is the paragraph of rand saying they've benefited but yeah guys maybe we don't need to handle them because the slavery has made it really great there yeah i have to pay my people so it is harder to keep them happy you know what I mean? And yeah, that yeah. is that is the problem. It's just way too close to that. Like, it feels very... It's, it is the difference between Rand acknowledging that he can't do anything about it, but how bad it is, and saying they benefited from strong leadership, which is not... Like, nobody talks about Stalin, and it's like, the people of Russia benefited from the from Stalin's strong leadership. We say, Stalin's... Uh, the uh, the system, the... the, the not yeah. shtetl. What is the system called? The, the system. The surf system killed like 16 million people and Stalin is an, uh, is uh, was awful. We also couldn't go to war with him because he had nukes, right? Nope, nobody's... <laughs> we're not saying like, yeah, but the, the Russians oh, but really benefited so under his strong good. leadership. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. They yeah, didn't. Yeah. <laughs> it was fucking awful. Yeah. Oh, the, the German economy really flourished under Hitler. You know what I'm saying? It did. Um, but, you but, know, that was also for awful reasons. Well, but, and that's what I mean. Yeah. It's for awful reasons. Yeah. 
It's bad. Yeah, and so that and that is where like the language of this moment was bad. I yes, think that yes. I Rand saying we can't fight Ascension right now isn't what I have a problem with. Mm-hmm. It is the they've benefited under strong leadership that I'm like, why are we doing this? Yeah, yeah. Like it's very strange that Rand would have this uh, this this language feels very yeah gross. Yeah, not my favorite. But, anyway, um, that was a long conversation. Sorry, we kind of got into it at the end, but everyone but, signs a treaty. You know, things things are like the ball is rolling and Moraine is is getting shit done and Rand is like, "All right, I'm glad that we got this party fucking started cuz we got to go help a friend." Oh, and we didn't really talk about Elaine being given the control of the army. I don't think that really works for either of us, but we're going to read and find out You and have see so how many people who are good at this. Yeah, and we're like, moving on from that. So Give it to Lan. Go save Lan and then give it to Lan. Well, uh, I don't know. Lan, I don't actually know if Lan has been shown to be a military strategist. Well, no, he's riding to die. No, give it to Gareth and uh, Rodell. Like, Rodell Iteralde, Davram Bashir. (laughs) Rand, you know who has never let you down? Who's been by your side against all odds? Davram motherfucking Bashir is right there. And he's like, Elaine, I know you're pregnant. I'm I know that you, you just watched your home burn to the all ground. All the stress in the world. Like, I I just, it makes, it, it doesn't make any sense. She's, I know! She's maybe the worst choice in the room. And and here's the thing. Rand has gone into battle with Matt and knows his special powers. Even though Matt's not there. Like, Matt is not present in the room, but, like, is a better ch- He just watched Perrin ride home with the largest army of people who all will happily die for him because uh, he's the best fucking leader ever. Mm-hmm. And he's like, Elaine, hi. You didn't even check in on your own city when they didn't check in three times. It took three missed check-ins for you to check in on your hours. own city. It took three missed check-ins for you to check in on your own city last night. Would you like to lead the armies of all of the of the earth? Yeah. You can't anyways. fucking take care of one anyways. town. Anyways, yeah. I if if you were reading this and in the moment you thought Elaine was a great choice, I would love to hear from you. I, I this one genuinely baffled me. Don't get it. Um, but it's fine because we end on a really fucking cool moment because yes. Lan is over at Tarwin's Gap Tooth. Uh, sorry. Oh my and god, this was great. so good. All of it so was great good. from the setup of the beginning of like, there's only about six thousand of them left. They're trying to, they're three hunderding this bullshit. Lands like we're gonna pull back to an open field, where once upon a time, uh, a circle of five women called lightning down, uh, or where Rand appeared and called lightning down, depending yeah. on which version you're talking about. <laughs> we are going to line up, uh, and then we are going to charge. We're going to have our last charge, and I look. Is the placement of the gateways convenient? Don't care. This is such a cool moment. Doesn't matter. That they're like popping in and we're riding and a charge of 6,000 becomes a charge of 100,000. We're going to fucking war. We're, yeah. We're, Chills. It's, it was so good. Because like Lan is like, it was the moment that Lan looks back and is like 10,000. Well, he's like, Matt's just really bad at math. <laughs> like, and it's, no, he, 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 he survived because he has friends. Friends are good. The power um, of love. Yeah, yeah, no, I, this moment is just, it's great. Like, and, so and the good. guy riding next to Lan, who, he's like, get back to the med tent. And he's like, why? <laughs> I'm gonna <laughs> fucking die. I'm gonna die holding on to my fucking horse. His friend, yeah, 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 yeah. He's like, oh, so they're all gonna kill you and then come kill me? We didn't talk chance. about Tom Main's friend who was like, I'll kill you when you're ready. 
which was like oh. so sweet, so, oh. so 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 that's, sweet. That's that's a G. That's yeah. a bro. You know, um, a, re- yeah, a real bro. This really was the like Avengers Endgame moment of this series, and it works so well. So good. And like you know, like I've had my complaints about why Lan is doing this, and why I you know I kind of like is Lan gonna be upset that he's still alive at the end of this charge? You know what I mean? I didn't die here. No, no. I was supposed to be dead. Hi, no, wife. No, he's um, happy. He's happy. But yeah, I just it was. Uh, it's it, it is such a good moment. It's mm-hmm. so well written. Lance Lance strategy of like, no, if we're gonna die, we're gonna die running forward, not backwards. I I totally relate to. I totally understand where he's coming from with that. I get it. Yeah. It it really it. everything about Lance's dialogue with um I can't remember his name uh with Amdir. No, it's not Amdir. Uh, J. It starts with a J. No, it starts with an A. Doesn't it? Oh no, Joe Phil is the banner. Uh, and and Andir. Yeah, Andir. Yeah. Andre, I was right. Andre Andre Rare. I have no idea how to pronounce that one. Um Andy. It's Andy. Andy, yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh like the, the way Andy. The the way that this was handled, uh <laughs> one, oh. two, three, four Lurker Luker says, is this does this chapter make it worth it? Kind of, yeah. Yeah, kind of. You know what I mean? Yeah, like I still it don't does love all of it, but like does this moment, heavy and honestly, the last two land POVs have been really great. With the like moment at the wall where the yeah. prince is like, "I, we're coming." Yeah. Like that, we're coming. Stuff works. The reason for the start of this march doesn't work. Everything about the march and this moment do work for me. Yeah, it's just like the reason behind it that maybe doesn't. But that's fine. Like, yeah, and 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 he's like, like Lan has like the moment where he's like, "I'm proud to have like given you your Hidori," and they have all this like you know borderlands like Malkiri like camaraderie. I think really ties in so much of like previous stuff to this yeah that 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 brings it together and makes it work um so fucking good so fucking good so good yeah um Mm -hmm. yeah 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 yeah, 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 yeah. it was great i'm so happy that lands alive because i love him i don't think he survives the book but i don't know if he survives the book either but i don't know who he fights though yeah maybe he kills mihail yeah it was um, um it was a pretty special. Uh, people are asking in the chat. Uh, next week we're gonna do seven through twenty of the oh, book. Okay, I was about to pull up the um, pins because I was. You know, I'm guys. I'm sorry if I was a little bit negative this week. I'm really hoping I like next week's more. Um, I really do. Like, I really want to love There's this no final book. And message. this there there was a lot of stuff in this first section that didn't work for me, mm-hmm. um, for a variety of reasons. Uh, but uh, yeah, we're gonna do seven through twenty. Uh, someone commissioned chapter fourteen. Yes, and I think Arzu reached out about it's a pending one. I think my internet's just shit in the bed. Oh, okay. Um, yeah, this, uh, that's my bad. Uh, I think there is a possible commission for chapter 30 as well. Uh, thank okay. you for sharing that split, because I was going to try and pull it up. But uh, yes, next week is chapter 17 to 20. 7 through 20. S- sorry, 7 through 20. And we'll be reacting to 14. Yes, and then the following week is 21 to 28, then 29 to 36, 37 to 39, and then 40 to the end. Um, just so you guys know... We will not be doing book club at Dragon Con. Um, so there is one week off um, the, like, I don't know, the first or something. Whatever, yeah, yeah, whatever, yeah. Whatever day. The weekend of Dragon Con, we're not doing any work this year because we worked so hard last year and it kind of, like, got in the way of our enjoyment of Dragon Con. Yeah, but we will be doing we will be doing the one on during Fan Expo. Yeah. Um, so next week and the then the first, week after yeah, and the then, so three weeks from now, no book club. And then through September, we're just finishing the books. Yeah. We're just going to get to the end, and then we'll probably do a couple of, like, we'll probably do a full book recap, and then we'll do, like, a full series recap. 
Well, yeah, and we also, you know, we've got the Wheel of Time uh, Civilization game to play. Yeah. We're also, I think... That won't be in the book club slot, though. I, I think we should maybe, like, pre-record, like, a tier list for before the last battle. Mm -hmm. And then after the last battle, do, like, a live-streamed tier list, like a finale tier list kind of thing. Um, uh, I'm also very excited to play the Wheel of Time video game. I've been waiting until the end of the series. And yeah. so I'm going to stream... I mean, I'm probably going to play Baldur's Gate 3 first. Uh, but then no, after that, I'm very so excited to uh, play the video game and see what that is. The first person shooter Wheel of Time game. Well, here's the thing. We need to make sure that it's not too old that we can actually stream it. Because some games, mm -hmm. remember how I had issues with the Lego game and like KOTOR and things like that. We'll see. So... Maybe I'll maybe I'll play, maybe I'll stream that like the week we do the last battle. We'll lead up to the last battle with some FPS video gaming yeah, yeah, on yeah. the channel. We'll yeah. see. Yeah. Uh, but yeah. Uh, Dakuna says, as far as you can say stuff on it regards to the strikes, do you have things you can say about the reactions? Uh, just the patrons will see stuff that publicly, that we can't put publicly because we don't well, want to promote anything. That, so that, well, if you're part of the Patreon, you'll see, you know, we have a contract with our patrons that I, I want to hold to, but, um, that, uh, all, you know, anything related to season two or anything will come after, uh, the strike ends. Strike, yes. After, yeah. afterwards, afterwards, um, for, or for at least for public stuff, just because, yeah, yeah. we're not going to... Yeah. Yeah. But uh, yeah, we're gonna. There, there's gonna be. There's gonna be a lot of stuff for us to make content about, which we're excited. So. All right. Every week on this show, we do high low, uh, much like my family's dinner table, where we commiserate over each other's lows, celebrate each other's highs. Clarus goes high, I go low. She goes low, I go high, because we compliment sandwich this beach. Clarus, what was your high, of. Memory of Light chapters prologue through six. Man, I, like, I have to go with the obvious one here. Because it was just too good. But the moment that Lan looks back and sees 10,000 people, yeah. like, just sent chills through my body. It was so fucking good. I loved it. That whole last, like, two pages, so fucking good. Yeah. Oh, that whole last section, so fucking good. Loved it, loved it, loved it. Uh, 10 out of 10. Yeah. I agree. Yeah, what was your low? Um... <laughs> Tom Main's not dying. Oh, okay. I that's gonna be the... no. Tom Main's not dying because everything after that that I didn't love was partially influenced by the fact that um, what I wanted from the beginning of this book was so lacking, mm -hmm. um, which was raising the stakes. And instead, I feel I actually felt like it lowered them again. Uh, and so for me, I, I yeah, the Tom Aids dying moment was the one where I kind of tuned out a little bit. It, and yeah, because it would have been my high. It would have been. My, my high would have been the ground uh, shuddered when he fell or whatever the exact words are. Um, that would have been my high of the week. Yeah. And instead, uh, the fact that that was a rug pull set the tone for my reading this week. Uh, and I, I just, I found it very disappointing. And I'm, I'm, I'm not going to pick up the book through the weekend. I think I'm going to allow my brain to reset and like, I think I'm going to start chapter seven with like a fresh mindset. Yeah. Cause I do feel like I was influenced a little bit by how disappointing that moment was to me. Um, and so I think that like, and, and the like Elaine, uh, Avianda Rand stuff was just very, well, let me have, let myself. me have my low because my, low? my low is the lack of utter communication between our characters where like, you yeah. know, in the first couple books, we like kind of complained about it, but also our characters were like, near the beginning of their journey in this series, I think by the by the final book, like, by the final book, we, we should have characters who actually have learned to communicate and the value of that, and it just kind of seemed like it was two steps back. Mm -hmm. And that was unfortunate for me. 
it, yeah, it, it is what it is. I didn't love it. Yeah, my high is definitely um, uh, Moraine walking around the room delivering the creeping cycle. <laughs> that 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 was like if I can't have that the land also, moment because you took the land moment. Yeah, that uh, also gave me chills. Moraine, Moraine, coming into the room and making really strong art, like not just being like listen to me because I came back from death, but being like, yeah, no, you're making a great point, Egwene. Here's my rebuttal, and Egwene going, well, with your rebuttal, that makes sense. I thought that what I thought that the way Moraine's return was handled was so well done. Maybe we didn't talk about it enough because that Rand paragraph kind of overshadowed it. But I thought Moraine's return um, and the arguments she was making using the language of the Crapian cycle was um, really, really, really wonderful. And I just thought it was so well handled. Uh, and it, um, it you know, like... Well set up. We didn't say it, but like Rand falling to his knees in front of her uh, and her being like, I should kneel before you. Hey, what's up, Lord of the Rings? Oh my God. Um, what? No. What? It's the fucking Lord of the Rings. I'm sorry. No, it's fine. You kneel before no man. Anyway, um, it uh, it is yeah. There, there's just something really special about her, just kind of like walking around the room, ma- making eye contact with everybody, and being and convincing them through her words in the way that Rand doesn't have the like maturity to do, uh-huh. and like showing why Rand needs more rain mm-hmm. in a way that like Ketswain could never. Ketswain doesn't have the patience to like participate in the conversation, and that's why Ketswain did or not the knowledge. Talk. And I thought Cat Swain not talking there was really smart. Mm-hmm. And it showed a level of maturity from Cat Swain that we haven't previously seen. Because um, she didn't try and influence that median at all. She smelled very proud. Yes. Um, and so, I don't know. I just, I thought, yeah, Moraine's return was um, a 10 out of 10 thing. Absolutely. Yeah, yeah I agree. 10 out of fucking 10. Ha, man. I am so interested in how this last book goes. I'm kind of hoping that there were some some of the setup is done, and so some of the weirdness I don't I haven't liked so far goes away, and we kind of get into what I have liked about Brian Sanderson's writing of Robert Jordan series. Well, the, they are all now at the fucking blight. Like they are all headed into the, into the fucking what do you call it? Like they're they're headed towards some shit. You know, they're yeah, but they have to turn around. It's it's a weird like what. Well, they're, they're going towards the Blight, but then they have to kind of, like, leave and go deal with the Sanch and stuff, because everyone is going to stop fighting with them. just Rand. Yeah, yeah, maybe. Just, yeah, just Rand is going to go. Yeah. Um, uh, Landfair's boat says, I like how she called out Egwene about her dream. Yeah, yeah, totally. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Being like, you hey, you, you prophesy shit. What yeah. have you prophesied lately? And Egwene's like, oh, you're right. Fuck. Damn. No, you're right, you're right. Yeah. There no, there's good shit. shit. It, there was good shit at the end here, and I really enjoyed parts of it. And mm-hmm. then there's other parts that did work for me, and I am hoping there's less of those moving forward. Mm-hmm. Um, and I'm hoping that the series deals, it's just talked about the, its own version of slavery too much to not deal with it. Yeah. Because if it just tries to be like, I oh, don't worry about that. That was just a weird part of the world that we got into constantly, but had no resolution for, I'm going to be disappointed. I agree. hundred percent. And it just, it doesn't feel like that's headed for resolution. We'll see. Yeah. Uh, if you like the video, like, and subscribe to the channel. If you don't hit the dislike button, leave mean comments down below because the algorithm got us hungry and we must feed her. This algorithm goddess, this episode is... Uh, Moraine. That's right. She's yeah. back. Don't know where Tom or Matt are, but Moraine is back. Uh, if you want to follow us on the internet, you can. I'm at Nerdy Nightly. I'm at Clarice Polaris. Leave us a five-star review on Apple Podcasts and oh, tell yeah. us all the things you hate about our show so that I'll read them live. Uh, if you want me to like read about like terrible things about myself, 
I will do that over there. Yeah, um, we're also uh, partnered with Misty Mountain Gaming. We are. Misty yeah. Mountain Gaming is the best dice company in the world uh, because they make good dice, and I love them, and I'm so excited about this partnership. Yep, use uh, the code NerdyNightly15 yeah. for 15% off your order. Uh, I here's, here's the Nerdy Nightly guarantee. The Misty Mountain dice will fuck you. Probably. If it's good for the story. If it's, yeah, yeah. yeah. They're all about the stakes. The Misty Mountain Gaming Dice know what the best role is for the story and you just have to trust them. Yeah, yeah, you yeah. just have to, to roll with it. They're clinically designed to give you the best D&D experience narratively. Clinic, sure. Yeah. Uh, Ilshwal, welcome back to the Nerd Table. Uh, just catching up because I had to finish reading this morning. <laughs> I'm so good to have a book club again. Hell yes, I cannot believe we're on the home stretch. Yeah. Like I, I, I like genuinely can't, it, it feels weird. Yeah. Yep. So strange. Yep. Uh, let's add some sex. Let's do it. It's Smut Corner. Which is so funny. It's so All you prudes get the hell out of here. It's so weird in this moment because one of my least favorite things about this week is the sex scene. It should have been all of them. That's the sex that we're adding. It should have been it all of them. It should have been all They all should have been there for Elaine. Before Elaine found out about the burning. Or, or, or Elaine is having a rough time and it's oh, like, guys... Yeah, yeah. I need to, I cannot think about this because there's nothing I can do. Let's fucking go to bone town. You know what I mean? We're going to, we're yeah. going to get wet. We're going to get hard. We're going to all go at it and it's going to be great. And uh, yeah, I think it's like rude to, you know, not include everybody. Um, obviously I do think, you know, Min has gotten the most of it. You know, she's, she's, uh, she, <laughs> I don't know how that all worked out, but yeah, Min gets fucked whenever she wants. So it's only fair that they should all fuck together. Sean says, can you say that fuck legally? Together. Like, I hope you can't get in trouble for saying clinical. Um, I want to be really clear. There's no clinical way to make dice uh, roll best for story. So I don't, like, I, I, I think that any, I think I can use the unreasonable defense there uh -huh. to say that, like, obviously, the, no judge would be like, no, he meant that. Mm -hmm. You guys know I'm joking, right? Uh, yeah, force them with a pregnant woman. Pregnant women get horny, too. They also need pregnant sex. Pregnant women get very horny. Yeah, 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 yeah. Fucking go for it. We don't judge here. Get, never mind. I'm going to stop. You do. It's smart corn. They get very wet. Uh, I don't know if you if you have sex with a pregnant woman, it is like it is Swamp City. It's crazy. Oh, that's not yeah. a nice way to put that. Yeah, have you ever seen Shrek? What? It's the opposite of that. Get in my swamp. Yeah. What? Yeah. What do you uh, what? He says, "What are you doing in my I No, I no, no. He I says, like "Get that. out of my swamp." And I'm saying that a pregnant woman's going, "Get in my swamp." Sure. It's a Misty Mountain down there. MistyMountainGaming.com. Use code NerdyNightly for 15% off. <laughs> wow. <laughs> They're going to drop us by Sunday, guys. We're done. We're done. Wow. Uh, eh, eh, yeah, sure. Uh, anyways. Um, <laughs> honestly, it's the evening before the last battle. Everybody Everyone's should fucking. be fucking. Oh, God. There is a group orgy. That's why they cleared out the middle. It wasn't so that Rand could set up a meeting for his tent. It's so that, you know, everyone can sit in a ring around and watch. Mm -hmm. And everyone who wants to get involved can get involved in the middle. And that you know, was the strategic, like, planning, landscaping-wise that Rand had in his brain. You know the craziest part of that whole camp was where the Greens had their tent set up. With their warders? Oh, the green warders? Yeah. Yeah. The, yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah. yeah. They were the ones who started the orgy, mm -hmm. right? They just strolled on into the middle and, like, dropped trowel. Uh, and so th this was, we like, the start initiation. the orgy. God. Oh, my God. I hate it. I hate it here. 
The green uh, just starts the orgy. Anyways, uh... As they fuck their warders. Uh, anyway. Um, alright. I think that's where we end it. Do something. Is there any other... Them. No, come on. There's gotta be another good sex scene. There's gotta mean? be one more good sex scene. One more scene? I don't know. Fucking... Is... Antrol and Pavara. Fuck. Yeah. To find out if the double bond makes it double the pleasure. Double, d- double the pleasure, double the fun. Yeah. Bye, guys.